This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, Matt Delhauer returns to the show to celebrate five years of dissecting bad comic book movies with the 15th edition of What the Fuck Happened? Geek Boner! This time, it's the movie that killed the Superman franchise for almost 20 years. 1987 Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Floppy Jock. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, September 17th, 2020. <laughs> you know who this is, and you know why you're here. You want all the latest comic book and superhero TV and movie news, and by God, you found it. Forget everything else out there. Forget all the Scientology bullshit. This is the real deal. This is the real deal. Worship at the feet of the holy trio of geekdom. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Play it. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and be heard it. Be funny. Disturb it. Hello, what's up, listener? How's it going? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we deliver comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. And he's the Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? Good Earth to you. Get her at you, motherfuckers. How you doing? Also joining us is the one and only ginger geek himself. There is no other. It's Matt Dalhauer. What's up, buddy? What's up? What's up? Have you copyrighted that ginger geek uh, yet? Trademark copyright? You got to put some kind of protection. Uh, yeah. You know, no, I haven't. So if anyone wants to go stealing that, this is the time. <laughs> no, but we have a Do documented. Now. We have a documented. We're calling you that officially. Oh, yeah here uh i'm excited for today's show you guys i think we all are gonna have a great time celebrating what the fuck happened with del hauer i have a couple of announcements though before we begin uh anthony how are you i'm fine yeah? how are you good yeah. okay good i just want to check in okay so i check in look it's crazy it's 2020 i gotta check in on my peeps uh if you are, are you still freaking out about movies being made about oh, a pandemic ab- absolutely is that still something you're absolutely super it's happening about? South Park's making a, a pandemic, but I can't wait for that one. That's going to be great. Pandemic special from South Park. South Park is not uh, indicative of anything no. else in media. So. No, it isn't. So, they, you know, you got to expect them to do it. But, yeah, no, I'm going to still freak out. I need a hobby. You know, what am I going to do? What am I well, going to do? Done, you, can't, you, you can't swing around that damn mace for much longer. <laughs> oh, I'm almost done with the six-week mace program. I bought a kettlebell. I'm moving on to the kettlebell program. Be swinging that around. I, you, you've done the whole program. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Uh, that's not the announcement that I'm working, that I'm no. exercising. That wasn't. The announcement is. <laughs> I'm now never exercising again. Dude, exercise is great. I love yoga. Who oh, knew oh, I shut would. Shut the fuck love, up. You love fucking yoga. is the best. Exercise thing. is great. That's Who not, knew that an Indian dude would like yoga? <laughs> I'm Pakistani, you racist fuck. Oh, shit. Well, you're from India. Well, all Pakistanis are from India. India. Yeah, right? but. Uh, but uh, so technically, I'm right. All right, I'll take it back. And technically ah. is the best kind of right. Technically is the best kind of right. No, the quick announcements I have to make is that listener if you listen to music using amazon music as your primary streaming music service on your device they have just added podcasts 
And guess what? Talking nerd. We are already on Amazon Music. So just another place. If you search Jock and Nerd Podcast on Amazon Music or just type in jockandnerd.com slash Amazon Music. I made a little linky link. It'll take you right to the show. Now maybe Nothing like a linky link. A little linky link. You gotta love the linky for links. A dink. For a rinky dink linky link. But you don't have to switch apps uh, now if you're in. And I think Amazon Music is a big competitor to Spotify. I know a bunch of people because don't you just uh, they're get trying. It? They're, it's it's Spotify than Apple Music. Amazon Music has come trying to. Come don't up. you just get it if you're like a Prime subscriber? Amazon Music. You're a Prime subscriber. Why I'm, are you asking? I us? am a Prime Rib subscriber. What is Amazon Music? I, it's, I their, it it's their music streaming service. That's like uh, Apple Music and and Spotify. Like you just pull up songs, make playlists. You can listen to whatever you want. Is it an app or something? It is a separate app. It's also oh. part of the Amazon ecosystem, like Prime Video. But it is a separate app. Um, but I've seen a lot of people use. Anyways, we're on there. So go. Talk- <laughs> All right. right. We're All right, everywhere. I just know how to get it. If we- people don't know, I don't know. I've never heard of this shit. Before. Go to jockander.com slash Amazon Music. It'll answer all, right. all of your questions. And then the other uh, quick thing is I have a new sound clip for the soundboard that's actually very fitting for this episode to introduce. And it is from uh, the last time you were on Dalhauer, that episode. But it is a sound clip from Anthony. Oh, shit. Uh, and it's this. The fuck? I think that'll be I think I will be pressing that a lot during <laughs> this episode. Uh, the fuck? Oh, it's so good. I'm surprised you didn't do a little doohickey I, to you it. You know what? I might have to add a little like who found that for you? I I cut it when I was editing the show. I was oh, like, really? oh my god, this is a clean the fuck. I need to just pull this right now. I think Emron's gonna put some compression and some reverb on it. Do something. Shit. All right, yeah. I will dress it up with some echo. Some put on a little telephone effect. A little, oh yeah, telephone radio, and then it needs like a boing at the end, something, or maybe lasers, lasers, like sound. something that acts like a confusion. Not funny. See how that yeah, has like a little that, embellishment. Like yeah. yeah. So yeah, the I'll embellishment. Think, you need that. Yeah, I All think right. after he says the fuck, you need to have some kind of weird like wah 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 sound. <laughs> okay. Just Done. dumpstep it. Or like the air coming out of a balloon or yeah, something. That's oh, good. Yeah, that's good. Like okay, I'll come up with something. Those yeah. are all good ideas, by the way. We have good raw queen. Listener, how about you come up with the idea <laughs> yes. of what we should add onto this what, clip? What, what are the, embell- the bells and whistles I need for the, the fuck clip? And by uh, we, I mean Imran. <laughs> yes, I will do yes. all the work. Anyways, let's get Bless to your heart. Why, we're, why we're here, Delhauer. We have made it to the 15th edition of What the Fuck Happens. The quinceanera edition. It is I, the quinceanera. I'm wearing my dress. Oh, yes. got, I have a mariachi band waiting in the closet. We've for, got 15 roses and dances for you. you. Mm. Yes. And there is a chocolate fountain over at the sweets table. I can, wanted cheese. <laughs> this is the wrong color, mom. Uh, we're doing, you've seen the title, listener, Superman 4, Quest for Peace. If you think I'm a monster now, just wait till next time for my sweet 16. Is there is there like a big red haired pinata that we can hit? Oh my god! Isn't that what that was my nickname in high school? Oh, big red haired pinata. Yeah, yeah. There were people running around whacking me with sticks. I never understood why. I I, I grew up in a That's very a stretch, ethnic, ethnic neighborhood. So yeah, no, it's so happy five year anniversary from everyone. The first episode released. We're so close. September eighteenth, twenty fifteen. Tomorrow is the five year anniversary. Yes. Oh shit! Of what the wow. Fuck? Happened, and for the listener, if you just go to jockandnerd.com slash WTF happened, you will see all 14 and our special retrospective episode. Uh, Delhauer, tell me again, how did we land on this movie? 
Um, we landed on this movie because we polled everyone to go ahead and send us their ideas of what the movie should be. I chose the movie my girlfriend picked because I'm biased and a there dick. It is. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> but also, also because uh, Superman 4 tops a lot of lists online as oh, yeah. being the worst superhero film of all time. Yeah, let me just uh, set you up with some quick facts here, guys. The movie came out in 1987. To compare, the original Superman, Christopher Reeve, comes out in 1978, has, has a Rotten Tomato score of 94%. It had a budget of $55 million, and it made $300 million. And it's an amazing movie. It still is. Nine years later, four movies later, Superman 4, Rotten Tomato score, 11%. Uh, the budget of $17 million. Ooh, and it makes $36 million wow. in total. That is dismal. Uh, and I'm sure, Delhauer, you will get into it, but they were originally given a $40 million budget. You can explain later. Oh, we, will, we will touch on all of these. Only $17 million. Uh, this movie starring, of course, Christopher Reeve coming back for the fourth time. It is directed by Sidney J. Fury. Fury, who is uh, best known for this and Iron Eagle uh, with uh, Lou Gossett Jr. Iron Eagle's a much better what? film. All the Iron and, Eagles, actually. Yes, Iron Eagle and <laughs> The Boys in Company B. Oh, what's that one? I don't even know what that one is. Uh, it was, a believe, a World War II uh, ah. war film that was about how war is hell. War is hell. Yes, all the Iron Eagles. So uh, that's what he does. Christopher Reed returning as Superman. Gene Hackman returning for the third time as Lex Luthor. He was absent in Superman 3, not in that movie. Jackie Cooper returning as Perry White. Mark McClure returning as Jimmy Olsen. John Cryer coming off his role as Ducky. Pretty in peak, uh, uh, playing Lenny, Luthor's uh, nephew. Sam Wanamaker as David Warfield. And here we go. Mark Pillow. Former Chippendales dancer. Oh, shit. In the role of Nuclear Man. And Muriel Hemingway playing Lacey Warfield. And Margot Kidder coming back as Lois Lane. And there's some other people that you don't really need to know What's about. Lenny? What's uh, Leonard? Is his L- full name? Le- no. I think it's, I think it's, it's just Lenny. Just, He's only been called Lenny the whole time. Oh, okay. It's just Lenny. Is he in Two and a Half Men? He uh, was he in was. Two and a Half Men. He was in Two and a Half. He was the... He's the less famous guy in yeah, Two and a Half Men. he was the one yeah. stable guy that stayed while they rotated out the other and half No of one man. cared about him. Yeah. I think the funniest thing I've seen that has to do with John Cryer... Uh, there's two of them that He's I think Lex are pretty Luthor funny. He's now in Supergirl. There's yes. that. Yep. Um, the other was somebody... I saw a, a meme going around that somebody put out a tweet about how, uh, you know, talking about Charlie Sheen when he had his whole meltdown and said something along the lines of like, oh yeah, you know, Two and a Half Men, wasn't that that show that Charlie Sheen left? and then it fell apart and John Cryer's response was you mean the show that went on for another five years after him and I won two Emmys for <laughs> and actually uh, he took the role of Lex Luthor and Supergirl to make up for this fucking movie because he's a big Superman fan and I uh, didn't know what he was getting into oh, it is if you can find anything if you find interviews where he talks about this movie it yes. is so fun yeah, because he, just, he rips this fucking movie <laughs> yes, apart yes, he does. the most important credit though is the production company this movie no longer, this franchise is no longer produced by the Salkins, Ilya and Alexander Salkin, I think it was, did all the first three movies. What about Sorkin? Not the Sorkins. His, no. his movie's coming out on Netflix, the, the Chicago 7. Saw a trailer. Yep. Looks good. Trial of the Chicago Trial 7. Trial of the Chicago 7. 
Um, but this movie was produced by Canon Films, Warner Brothers, and Golan and Galavis Productions. All Canon Films. Canon is over the top. Yes. We'll get into what they're, they're <laughs> responsible for a lot of things here. Our second Canon film from oh. 1987. What was, uh, oh, Masters, Masters of the, of the Universe. Universe. Yeah. So we are familiar in what the fuck happened with Canon Films. Um, before we get to, uh, Delhauer's masterful recap, Anthony, any memories of this movie? When uh, did you memories. see it? Like, did you see it initially when it came out? Well, how no. old were you? Have you ever I was, watched? This? I was not even born. I was going to say Anthony out. was born a year after this. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I was Two born years. at the end of '87. Yes, so the, like the la- like the la- days before '88. So um, initial baby. So no thoughts. memories. No? I, this is the first time I've ever seen it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so then, oh, you you want to give us? You said you had a lot of thoughts. Any, any opening well, I, kind I'll of thoughts? Let, uh, I'll just say, yeah. When you go into a movie like this, expecting the worst movie of all time, yeah, it can only go up from there. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's very true. That's a good attitude to have. <laughs> um, I rewatched this movie also, but I had seen it back in the day, and I just remember it being like a shitty fucking movie, and enjoyed it when I was a kid. Rugs, have you seen this movie before? Of course, you enjoyed it. I've seen this movie <laughs> way too many times. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I hadn't seen it in a while, like maybe 10 years, uh, since before I watched it, uh, recently. But, uh, I remember I watched it a lot as a kid and yeah. I would say the lines and I would do all the nuclear man yelling <laughs> and, and, and growls. And yeah. Like he's the Hulk. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I thought it was fucking ridiculous as a kid and watching it now as a, uh, film critic, it's oh my god, it's it, it's amazing. It's, this is this, it's a feast for critiquing. It really is. It gives you so much to chew oh, on. Oh yes, it I, does. I, I really like the image I have in my head of of Rug Boy just mouthing the the, the words "Destroy Superman," and having <laughs> uh, Gene Hackman's voice over yes, top of it. Bring me the girl. Uh, and then stop! So- Don't do it, the people. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic dialogue, Del Howard. This is you just watched this movie for the first time. Yes, uh, yesterday oh, when I watched wow. it for the podcast, this was the first time I ever wow. saw this movie. That's great. I love it. We're both we're both popping our Superman virgins. Exactly. Superman for virgins. All right. So, and I, I have to say, like Anthony said, I went into this movie with everything I've heard from people, expecting the greatest garbage fire I've ever gone into, and right. I came out of it going, "It could have been a lot worse." <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Jesus, uh, listener. Before we begin, you can let us know what you think of Superman Four. Join our Facebook group. It's called the Jock and Nerd Nation. We're all in there. We hang out, chop it up. You get to meet other listeners. It's exclusive. It's closed. I gotta welcome new member and listener to the show, Mike Harris. Jock and Nerd. What's up, Mike? Um, I welcomed him on the page and he left this comment. He says, thanks. 15 years managing video stores and a sports fan means this is a group I'm looking forward to interacting in. Haven't listened to part two of the best of 1999 episode, but go was a favorite film of mine when I was younger. And Election is my favorite movie since 1999. Podcast is great, guys. Oh, wow. Awesome. Wow. Thanks, Mike. It's nice to hear new feedback. Right? I was going to say, it's very genuine, very nice. For a second, the, the pause you put in that, I thought you were going to tell me that his comment was just, thanks. Thanks. And <laughs> that's all he had. No, I, can't, I mean, remember video stores? This guy's got a lot of uh, uh, film film knowledge, so I'm glad to have Mike here thanks for listening welcome aboard sir. hell yeah all right Delhauer. the curtain opens the theater darkens there is a logo of warner brothers and for a second in the beginning of this movie you get geek boner geek boner because you hear the bah, 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 bah. you're like oh here we go 
And then you immediately get floppy John. When you see the shittiest flying credits I've ever seen in my life. Hugh Dalhauer. Thank you. Uh, speaking of uh, video stores, this is absolutely, I feel, a movie to to bring us into that video store feel because this is one of those ones that you rented uh, because you did no one else would touch it. Were you embarrassed to rent this one? I feel like it was one of those. You're like, I don't want anybody. I told to you, see I've me. never seen it. Yeah, no. You're an idiot. Everybody <laughs> see me rent you're this. You're an absolute idiot. I would no. I would imagine it would have been embarrassing. <laughs> uh, so yes, after our our opening uh, company titles, we then get into three straight minutes of soaring credits over top of a stationary Earth in space. Um, Can well, I comment real quick? Yes, you do it now. That was the first thing I noticed. Yeah. I go, this is an hour and a half movie. We've just sat through two minutes of credits. Well, that's, credits. <laughs> if you watch Superman 1, it's the same thing. Yeah, but their credits is. are so much better done, and these look so cheesy in comparison. I was like really... Bottom dollar, like... Graphics. Yeah, I was really hoping because as as it got to a point where I was like, we haven't even gotten out of the credits, and I'm already asking, how fucking long has this been? <laughs> I was like, I want it to be five minutes because that feels like a great cutoff. Oh, shit. I, I I had the same thought. I was like, let's just let's see how long could this be? Ten minutes? Can we, <laughs> yeah. can we knock out can ten minutes of an this? hour and a half movie yeah. in the credits? So after after our solid three minutes of credits, the first thing that we come across is a Russian satellite that is out in space and a Russian uh, astronaut or cosmonaut, I should say, that is uh, currently working on it while singing uh, My Way by Frank Sinatra in Russian. <laughs> Ultimately, a song that is about how at least when I die, I'll be happy to know that I did things the way I wanted to do them, which is really fitting because another satellite comes out of nowhere and crashes into their satellite and throws this guy off into space. Everyone's panicking. And the first thing I thought was, man, I know that this movie's notorious for having like bad special effects and being really, really cheaply made. But like they did a decent job with the zero G effects for the guys inside this uh, satellite station. But uh, they're panicking, assuming that they're going to die, but they don't because Superman shows up and he stops them from spinning out of control in space. And he flies off and he catches their friend and he brings them back to the airlock that is open on the space station, but is not sucking anybody out of it. Right. And uh, <laughs> just lets him in and uh, tells them dos vidanya and uh, heads off because Superman uh, despite being about truth, justice, and the American way, speaks every language on Earth. Yeah, is this a new power? As he should. Is this he should? I don't, I don't disagree at all. <laughs> as a as a man who has the ability to stop anything like a speeding bullet or run as fast as a speeding locomotive, uh, he also should speak absolutely every language because it's not like we have a Russian Superman yet. <laughs> no. So that's our opening. He just saved a bunch of Russians who were dying in space. They're not dying anymore. Good for you, Superman. He flies back to Smallville. Don't we get the first of many times where he flies towards the camera? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, his his introduction in this movie yeah. is the flying directly at the camera shot. Yeah, and take note of that shot. You will see it again. <laughs> the funny thing is many times. I wrote, the thing that I wrote down is uh, recycled green screen flying. Because it, I don't know if they filmed this for the movie or if this was a shot from a previous Superman movie they just I think put it might in have been it from the first one. I think they did recycle some shit from the. Oh, uh, they didn't have enough money. They just yeah. shot well, it the, once. The first thought I thought was, oh, you know, like that makes sense that it looks this bad. It's made in 
87. Wait, what's been made before? <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Is, There's been Star Wars movies. Yes, it is so movies. funny when you, you, you watch the movie and you're like, yeah, well, you know what, man? Effects were really shitty That's back in I the thought. early 70s. Yeah. And then you're, you're like, like, like 1987. You're like, fucking what? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> uh, wait, I wanted to mention one thing. Another thing I think is important is who wrote this movie and the story by Lawrence Connor, Mark Rosenthal. And Christopher Reeve himself. Oh, shit. So just keep that in mind. He was very involved in the creative of this movie. All right. Don't worry. I'll just cross that out of my notes so I don't have to say it now. <laughs> but the writing is important. He's getting story credit. <laughs> Imran can't help but step all over everything. I know. Even when it's someone he's else's like God, He's like the Godzilla of like uh, podcasts. I just saved two minutes off the back end of this. Let's go. Uh, good. <laughs> I can't wait till the moment when Imran gets tied up in the power lines. <laughs> so he, he flies back down to Smallville, where he stops off at his parents' farm, and I'm going to assume his mom is dead because they're both dead, right? They're yeah. selling the farm. Yeah. Um did did the mom die in a previous movie? No, I don't recall. I didn't watch three. I don't. Okay, so that means that means Ma Kent died off screen yes, somewhere in sure. between 1983 and 1987. Well, she was kind of old, I remember. So, um, but so he's he's planning on selling the farm. He has a conversation with uh, the guy who's trying to sell it for him and is letting him know that he won't sell to any sort of developer that's going to build a, a strip mall. He wants it to go to someone who's going to buy an actual farm for farming. Um, meanwhile. Before the guy even shows up, he hi he sneaks off to the barn because the ship that he crashed on Earth in as a baby is still buried under the barn and is still just active, full of kryptonite and krypton energy. Because, I mean, it's alien. What the fuck do I know? It probably runs forever. Until you pull the green crystal from Superman 2 out of it. Yeah, the crystal um, returns. And the thing that I find funny is the exposition that it gives in this movie is once you use the crystal to regain your power, it will lose its power. This doesn't make any sense. But already. he did that in Superman 2. Yeah. And now it has power still. Well, I also thought what, what was funny in this is if he looks really hard, he can see it. But when he stops looking really hard, it disappears. <laughs> That's yeah, true. It's so confusing because I don't know what's going on. And I was watching this. It's like. It wasn't there. Squints his eyes. Oh, there, there it is. is. <laughs> so he, he takes the, he takes the crystal out of the ch the ship and like pockets it. I, I would assume that if he's why playing, is it green? Is it, is it kryptonite? <laughs> and that's the thing. Is it's that's like confusing, right? It, it yeah, seems like it's, it's kryptonite, so it should hurt him. But yeah. apparently, it's not. I, I I was watching a video on YouTube where a guy was trying to explain this, and he was doing a poor job at doing so because everyone's like, "Well, it's kryptonite. Doesn't that hurt them?" And he's like, "Well, no. Kryptonite is like uh, like rocks and pieces of krypton, but this is like one of the crystals of krypton." And they're like, "How the fuck is that different? What is?" Oof. No, well, I think the difference is if you want me to just use bullshit science, please do. Sure. Um, krypton exploded. In a, in a radioactive fucking explosion, the whole whole planet like explodes. So those things have radiation that would kill him. Those will kill him. Would you that, say it might have been a nuclear explosion? <laughs> it could be nuclear. How you, yeah. How do you say that word? Um, but I think that the crystals that are, that he has are like they're they're not mined. They came well, on the no. ship. Yeah. Yeah. refined. Yeah, I was going to say they, they'd be pure because they're not they're not well, damaged they're not by I guess the radiation okay, of the explosion. Explosion. All right, whatever. Yeah, that works. Whatever. I'll Just buy don't it. make it green. Yeah, yeah, just the fact that it's green and glowing. And that's the thing. 
Like the Fortress of Solitude, it's all like Kryptonian crystal, but it's clear. Yeah, right. it's like blue and white, not green. So anyway, uh, he has a quick game of catch with this guy while he tells him he wants to sell the farm to a farmer. And the guy was like, you're insane, Kent, and uh, leaves. And so then he knocks a baseball into space to remind us that he's Superman. Did they really have to show the ball going into space? Uh, well, yes. the, the physics on that the ball would explode if you hit yes. that no, hard. Well, it absolutely wait, would have caught fire wait until the space yeah. physics later yes it wouldn't even made i mean if you hit something that hard it would the bat would have shattered yes. the ball would have exploded and just just to point the out sho- not to, and the shockwave that would have knocked the house down i'm gonna i'm gonna pull an imron oh, and step on matt oh, delhauer's shit. toes here do it do it this plot line is doesn't exist the rest of the movie <laughs> no oh, yeah, this, it's this is this is the it, that's it yeah. that's we just yes. This, the house was going to be sold well, to this developer. Goes, this no. is the setup. And nope. And now it's done. <laughs> this is the setup for a storyline that got cut from the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sound, that's that's exactly what it seems. Yeah, one like. of several. Meanwhile, uh, Lex Luthor is still in prison ever since uh, Superman 2. Uh, apparently, the prison that he works at is just a rock quarry that they make all of them break rocks in because I've never understood where the concept of breaking rocks in prison came from in media what do they do with the rocks why are they breaking them into little rocks i don't know is sell them to rock people (laughs) rock yeah that's how how do you think you get your freaking uh your pet rock (laughs) no you're like your your quarian countertops and shit like that actually actually that is true so anyway guys fucking you know cutting rocks out pounding rock yeah just pounding that rock. Mm. Pound that rock. So while he's getting made fun of for whistling Mozart and not working and getting yelled at by the guards, the most ridiculously stupid looking car I've seen in my uh, uh, life comes pulling yes. up. Uh, I can't tell you make or model, but I'll tell you it is definitely a mid 80s sedan that it's is a also. It, oh, it's a Cadillac? Yeah. Okay, good. It's a mid 80s Cadillac that's also a convertible bright white with the name Lenny stenciled across the side of it um, and gramophone speakers yeah. stuck to the doors facing in towards so the car. Taggy. Why? Uh, and this is where we meet Lenny Luthor played by John Cryer who is um, the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you thought Ducky was annoying? Ducky's great. Uh, he drives up, and apparently, with the, these these horns that are stuck on his car, facing into the car, this is apparently the killer sound system that his car has. But that doesn't uh, play to the fact that he's wearing headphones yeah, while he's driving. I noticed that too. <laughs> and so he drives up, and the guards come over and are like, "You know, what are you doing here? What, what's going on? What's what, what, what's wrong with you?" And he basically just makes this joke about like, oh, this isn't the city I'm supposed to be in. I didn't write down what city it was. It's not important. Um, and they're like, oh, you're shoot. You sure are lost. You're on the other side of the state. So then they apparently fucking love this car, <laughs> like are so impressed by it. And he tells them that they have to check out the sound system. So he gets out of the car and the two guards get into the car and they put on headphones that I guess are plugged into the dashboard or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, they're rocking out to whatever the music that they're listening to is. And Lenny backs away and he takes his cassette player and opens it. And apparently it's a remote control. 
and he starts pressing buttons at the same time that we're then intercutting between this happening and Lex Luthor narrating what's going to happen without even looking at the event. So it's like Lenny like opens the thing and he presses the button. He's like, uh, uh, close the doors. And then he presses another, but he's like, and the windows and the windows roll up. And then he presses another one. And the top of the car comes, because in the top. And then he presses a third or fourth button, whatever it is. And the car just drives itself off of a fucking cliff. <laughs> Lunch. And the guys don't die either. No, that's the, I, 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 I wrote a note that said, Okay, so to establish that Lenny and Lex are evil, we're going to kill a couple of cops. And then the next note I wrote was, oh, not dead. That doesn't make sense. They somehow two, two, two comments out. on yes, that scene. Yes. One, that car, so as it jumps, as it rides off the clip, you can t- clearly tell it's a fucking Hot Wheels yeah, because the miniature. bottom of the car yes. is painted straight black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number two, as you guys both pointed out, these guys have just like been driven off a cliff that's probably like a 20-foot drop. Yeah. And they both climb up the cliff, like <laughs> in a matter of seconds. Like in a matter of seconds, and they're like, Ooh, what? "What the hell just yeah, happened?" They climb up the cliff. They're covered in soot, like they're from a fucking Looney Tunes <laughs> cartoon, yeah. sleep or something. And, yeah. and that's when I was like, "Okay, now I'm watching a comedy." Yeah, I also love how you don't. You just see the car flying in the air, and it cuts back to Lex and Lenny, and then you don't see it hit. You just see smoke. Oh yeah, don't they don't have enough. Explosion. They don't have enough money no to money. do an actual car no. crash explosion. Yeah, they couldn't pull off a car <laughs> stunt. That's why you watch the Hot Wheels get launched off of somebody's counter. Yeah, and then <laughs> we cut away. Yeah, it's great. So um, yeah, that's that's the point where I'm going. Oh, comedy. It's a cartoon. Okay, and cool. so so this is Lenny breaking Lex out of prison. I don't remember how they actually leave. I don't know if it ever even showed it. No, yeah, they don't even show it. No, I don't, I don't think. remember it. They just get in the car and go. I think they see him get in the car, yeah. probably. But uh, back in Metropolis, now that uh, Superman has returned, uh, he and Lois Lane are on their way to work at the Daily Planet. And they're scrambling to try and get onto a subway car. Lois gets on the subway car, but Clark ugh, misses the door because he's clumsy and stupid. Oh, Everyone Clark. hates him. What a jackass. What a jerk. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> what a jackass. The, so the, the, the trade, the trade uh, rides off down the rails. The thing that I find really funny is um, we see a poster behind Clark in the subway tunnel yeah. that shows yeah. uh, the Statue of Liberty and says, come visit the statue and gives the New York address. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, but there's also like that Smokey the Bear ad and it's, this is yeah. clearly not a New York subway. And so I, the question I have to ask when I'm looking at this, uh, this scene shot in the London Underground, yes, is uh, is Superman just bad luck for people? Because he he gets to this train that Lois is on. Well, I mean, now here's the thing: Lois might be bad luck. It's one yes, of the two of them. One of them is but they, the conductor of this subway train <laughs> yes. just has a heart attack. It's not very clear. He just either has a heart attack or yeah. poison or something goes something on. Or he just collapses. Yeah. He just groans. his chest and falls. Yeah, he groans, he passes out, and he falls on the accelerator for the train. What? You don't even see his face of the guy playing it. It's just like from behind. Well, and, and like the the point of this is to like establish that Superman can save people, yeah. but we opened the movie with him saving people. <laughs> well, and, and now we have this random this guy is, having a heart attack. This yeah. is the thing that I love about this movie is that like the first ten minutes, it seems like they're just going beat for beat. We need another moment of Superman being a hero, yeah. another moment of Superman being a hero, 
and it's because like they're trying to to get on top of all of those great hero moments from the previous films, specifically the first one. Yeah. So Clark realizes for whatever reason the subway car is going way because too fast. Because Lois is yelling help in a subway train. Who oh, yes, the fuck yes. is here you Lois? Off. It takes off. The train starts going faster and faster in the tunnel. And she starts yelling, help! Who, are you call- who can hear this? And it's like, I don't know who you think is... Who, who do you think, do you think that, guy, that guy next to you on the train <laughs> yes. is going to fix this? So, How is that helping? I can't, I can't specifically remember, but I almost feel like she yelled, help, Superman. No, she just says help, and well, she he yells hears- help. I, I, I picked it as he just is so in tune with her. Yeah, yeah. Super yeah. He so he, he goes running over, and he steps into uh, a phone booth. And steps out as a Superman. And here's the thing. We don't even get like that classic bit of him like going into the phone booth and spinning around real fast. And now he's in the costume. It's literally he steps in the door, closes the door, opens and the red boot steps out onto the ground. But it is the first and only time they've done the classic phone booth bit in any of these movies, in these four Mm -hmm. movies. Yep. Uh, and so he flies down, I because he can't, there's no way he flew down the tunnel. That yes, tunnel's only shot, big enough for the same train. Same shot again of him flying oh, it, through the, the tunnel. It's the same shot, yes. and if you look at that shot closely, none of the people in that <laughs> shot are looking at him no. as he flies yep. towards it's the It's probably screen. stock footage. So he, he, <laughs> he flies off to the next station where he can get in front of the train, gets on the tracks, steps on the third rail, totally eats up all that electrical energy because a fucking boss is, that he is. And just puts his hands out, stops the train, and it stops moving. What? what? No one's hurt. The nothing, fuck? nothing damaged. What? Was this and another power? What is this? What? That he stops yeah. the train? Well, it's super strong. strength. Yeah, come on. Him super right. strength. Yeah, the, he didn't touch like the train. He gives like a nice speech about yes. how it's still safe he goes, to take yes. the subway. He goes, our subway system is still the safest. What I think I'd is like funny is it, it makes me think of the moment from... Superman returns when he gives the whole speech about how flying is still the safest mode oh, yeah. of travel. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that's fucking clever. This isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, and he, he does it a lot in all the movies. He always they, they, yeah, they mean they really played up the cheese ball factor of him. But so being a dork. yeah, so he he saves he saves all the everyone on the train. Lois realizes it's Superman, starts yelling for him to look at her, and he doesn't, and he leaves. Uh, so they get to. They get to uh, the Daily Planet, and uh, lo and behold, it turns out that the Daily Planet has been bought out by another newspaper. Uh, They never say what the actual newspaper is, but it's apparently a newspaper owned by Mr. Warfield and his daughter, and it is some sort of sleazy tabloid rag, according to Perry White. And it turns out that they are now planning on trying to uh, really build up the sales of the Daily Planet by turning it into a sleazy tabloid rag. And no one's happy about it, but also no one's doing anything about it. <laughs> and this really isn't much of a story point. It's just like a reason to have another woman in Clark's life. Yeah, it's just so you could have the dueling chicks. Yeah, so then we, we bring in uh, Lacey Warfield, who is the the... Uh, daughter of the now owner of the paper, who will later on become the publisher of the paper herself, who just has the fucking hots for Clark Kent. Uh, yeah, and for some apparent reason. For what? What reason? Yes, I did not. I understand. mean, and here's the thing: you know, Chris Reeve is a, an attractive man. He's a handsome fellow. It's also he is a, a fucking walking goofball. <laughs> 
And he's doing his best not to be attractive. Exactly. You know, he's hunched over. He's got the dumb glasses. He stutters. He he's a oh god. He's a. By the way, I just want to I just want to say this movie has got the biggest glasses of every. <laughs> yes, the glasses get bigger every they're movie. Half, they're like half Perry of his White's, goddamn head. <laughs> Perry White's glasses are huge. Like Lois Lane's glasses are huge. Everyone's got huge. Everyone's wearing huge glasses at some point in this movie. I give I give them credit that they decided to go for the big glasses trend of the eighties and not like the really really bad. Um, uh, shoulder pads on everybody. Well, Lacey do that. Lacey Warfield Lacey's the has only one. huge glass. She has huge glasses also, though, too. Yes. But yeah, she's the only one who dresses like she's from the 80s. Everyone yeah. else still looks like it's like 1968. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's why this movie's confused. I'm like, oh, man, yeah. I can really forgive these graphics. Yeah. Like, Wait a minute. Wait, she does. What year was this movie? Uh, uh, Damn it. I, I will say uh, Lacey Warfield has probably one of my favorite lines in this entire movie where uh, Lois basically tells her like, well, you know, I, I get I could I could tell that you have the hots for Clark, but don't bother. He wouldn't be interested in you. And she responds with all men like me. I'm very, very rich. <laughs> <laughs> She does say she that. Her priorities. She's got her priorities. Forgot about that. Uh, so apparently, sounds like something Cardi B would say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So apparently, uh, according to the TV, there's a crisis on Infinite Earths. No, that's the- of nuclear weapons. Oh. I guess oh, it's the eighties. Everyone's got one. And so, oh. so apparently, like the the there were there was an attempt at peace talks. As far as I can piece together with this fucking movie between America and I'm going to go ahead and say Russia sure, or the USSR, I should say that didn't go well. And the U S president makes a speech where he's basically saying, uh, apparently peace is not on the table. So we are going to stockpile, uh, nuclear weapons because we ain't no bitches (laughs) and everybody's sitting around real sad. Uh, everyone at daily planet real sad about this, but you know, who's the most sad, is a random yeah. high school class. <laughs> oh, no, I, I don't even think that's high school, no, dude. I like think that's school. like first. I think that's like third grade. All right, we're gonna go, I'm going to go ahead and call it sixth grade at most. Yes, at, at most yeah. it's sixth like grade. I would, I would argue tw- second to third grade. So yeah, that, like that makes year. that makes this point even better. Yeah. Is that after they watch, they're sitting in class watching this on the TV in their class. The teacher turns it off, and then she basically just starts demanding that these kids in a sixth grade class come up with a solution to <laughs> nuclear armament. Yeah, how are you going to fix this, kids? <laughs> Do something about oh, this. Who has an idea? Anybody? Gets fucking anybody? <laughs> It gets fucking better. Well, first off, you already have the teacher doing the worst. There's really bad voiceover on the yeah. teacher. Oh, there's and terrible get, ADR get, all over this movie. Yeah. Get, let, get to the kid, though. Oh, my God. So then then the, the, she turns around to this one kid, just singles out this kid, Jeremy. And is staring long. He's, he's like staring window. out the window and not paying attention. She's yeah. like, Jeremy, what, what? what solution do you have? And he just stands up from his desk and goes... <laughs> I'd have Superman get rid of all of the nuclear weapons. <laughs> oh shit! Really bad ADR. Yes. Not that kid yeah. talking. Well, I, or no, sorry. It was it was she was saying like, well, here's some solutions. Maybe we can write to our you know representatives. And I think he's like he's like fat lot of good that'll do. If I was gonna write a letter, I'd write a letter to Superman to get rid of all the nuclear weapons. Oh my god, it's so fucking bad. It's. It's so fucking bad. Uh, you're like, what is so this? Then, who is this kid? And why are why, we in this Why is this random kid the, the, the plot, the, yeah. the Kickstarter to this entire plot? Yeah. He, he is the inciting incident for one <laughs> of the five plots that this movie has. Well, Speaking I, of multiple plots. You know what? Plots. It's not that far-fetched because you can, in today, well, this is like, 
today's media, you could have one little bullshit thing like that. Yeah, a little bit. And yeah. then they blow it, it blows, up. Yeah. Oh, and well, then they, and, and that's exactly me, what they do in this movie. They do. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of multiple plots, though, uh, Lenny and Lex have their own idea for a plot that they're uh, they're scheming up. They are currently at the uh, Metropolis Museum where there is a Superman exhibit that consists of two things. This is so great. A like 12 foot tall statue of Superman. Yep. And a single strand of Superman's hair. Oh, my God. Donated (laughs) to the museum. It's his pubes. It's his pubes. No, but I mean, you got to keep describing the way this scene plays out. It is donated to the museum so that they could string up a one thousand pound yeah, it's, it's fucking written on there like this is looney tune yes, yeah what? a one thousand pound this is weight one thousand pounds on a giant so ball. that they could so that they could show just how strong he is that even a single strand of his hair can hold up a thousand pounds okay so we've established this strand of hair is super strong right yes it can hold up a thousand pounds uh, okay great keep this in mind yes keep it keep oh, it right God. at the front of your mind yes because after the tour group leaves <laughs> yes lenny and lex come sneaking up to here and lenny's asking what are we doing uncle lex and lex explains well you see this strand of superman's hair has his genetic material and if i could steal that it means i could make my own superman and he breaks the glass for the display the alarm goes off and he uses a pair of bolt cutters to cut the strand of hair and cut what? it off of the thousand pound weight. Get the weight. fuck out of here. What is going on? Yes. The one strand of hair what? that can hold a thousand pounds up by itself is easily cut with just a bolt cutter. Was it? Was there kryptonite uh, on the tip of those bolt cutters? No, they, there what? was. They don't. They the don't even go. Fuck? Not only not only they not go to any length to explain how that's possible that's the end of the scene you don't even see them leave no, the alarm they, went off yes, they pull, they, yeah they the pull the strand of hair out the alarm is going off and we cut away and not <laughs> even to mention that the thousand pound weight just like falls like two feet yeah, and it, stops. it bounces it falls it, and, and there's like hardly any pound it, yeah. like yeah, it's like yeah that's like what? this was what? how many what? pounds how did you cut this what is happening in this movie <laughs> this <laughs> museum is bullshit this is some bullsh- that's a fake strand of hair that's all yeah it's fucking bullshit yes this the the strand of hair that was very obviously just tensile wire yes <laughs> uh back at the daily planet uh lacy has decided she's gonna try and seduce clark by inviting him to her office and saying we should do a a, a column together where we investigate the nightlife of she, like, Metropolis. Awkwardly, like splays out yeah, on top she, of her she, desk. She, she gets on top of the desk Jesus. and she fucking she's lays out him. like she's waiting to be drawn like one of his French girls. She should have just spread her legs out. I know. What are you just like that is <laughs> that like the that's what was she was trying to it was so, so awkward. Then, while this exchange is happening, Lois Lane comes in and Clark bumbles around a bit because oh he's so he's so clumsy and he's so awkward. Oh, hi Lois. And Lois says, Oh, well, I, I just had a letter delivered to Superman, care of the Daily Planet. Uh we should find a way to get it to him, at which point Clark just takes the letter from her and rips it open and starts reading it. I don't know about you, but I'm fairly certain that unless everyone knows you're Superman, that's a federal crime. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. And in that letter is and what he finds out is it's a letter from Jeremy. 
asking Superman to get rid of all the nuclear weapons in the world. Oh, Jeremy. He crumples it up and says, fuck that kid. Fuck that kid. At which point, uh, (laughs) Mr. Warfield comes in, hears about this and says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to blow this the fuck up and turn it into a media sensation. And we're going to fly Jeremy out here and we're going to put him on camera and we're going to do all kinds of stuff where we're going to get him noticed. And he, uh, he comes out and he meets with Warfield and, and they, they put him in front of the press and, uh, they said, you know, go ahead, Jeremy, t- tell them what you told me, tell them what you said to me. And he just shouts into the microphones. I just wish Superman had said yes. What is he talking about? And we immediately cut to a newspaper headline that says, Superman ah. says drop dead to kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's so great. That's the best headline ever. So when did he say this? We went we went from Superman reading a letter that says, Will you please get rid of nuclear weapons immediately to Superman tells a kid to fucking die. <laughs> the paper that <laughs> Superman works for, no yes. less. Well, and the, oh yeah, it says Warfield. <laughs> no, yeah, Warfield Publications. It's the dude and, sleazy tabloid. And right. not only not only now. is it their own paper, but then once he reads it and he gets mad about it, every computer in the office suddenly just blinks on with the headline from the story on all of them. Oh, like yeah. it just got hacked. Yeah. The black and white image. I was like, is this the Internet in 87? What is going on here? So uh, angry about the, the newspaper and uh, uncertain as to what it is he should do. Superman flies up to the Fortress of Solitude and decides he's going to commune with the ghosts of the council of krypton yeah but they're poorly done (laughs) and so it's ultimately just him being like why shouldn't i get rid of nuclear weapons and help the planet and they're like no you don't want to do that because you need to be an example instead of just solving all their problems for them you should just leave earth and go to another planet that's so much more advanced and doesn't even have war anymore and then he's like, yes, because if you teach them to look to you for all your answers, you're teaching them simply to accept that they will be betrayed. Betrayed! 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 <laughs> betrayed! Then we go to the next scene. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, with absolutely no answers from that entire sequence, which surprises me, because, I mean, they said betrayed like seven they times. They useless. I think, I think you'd get it by now. <laughs> Uh, Clark is sitting back at his apartment at uh, in Metropolis, just moping about the fact that nukes exist. And uh, Lois shows up and says that he stood her up for some sort of press junket or something. I don't know what it was. Doesn't matter. But she's all dressed up and he's not. And so they're talking and he's telling her how he's not feeling great. And he's real sad about how nuclear war exists. And he's like, you know what, Lois, I need some fresh air. Will you go out with me to the balcony? And they go out to the balcony and he takes her hand and walks off the balcony with her and she starts screaming because he has apparently just decided to commit suicide and take her with him until he disappears and reappears now as Superman and reveals, ha I'm Superman. Let's go fly around America. I think, I think it's not even, not only, I think it's the world. Well, he goes to like San Francisco. Uh, it's, I think it's New York and San Francisco and then they come back. There's some mountains too, I think. I don't yeah, know why I'm sure there's some mountains. I don't know if you were going to say this. I'm going to pull another M run. <laughs> Lois just all of a sudden learns how to fly because she's got her arm. The way he's holding her, 
Well, she, he's trampling. Well, if, if they were, if 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 he was taking her that way, she'd be dangling be from his arm. Sure, but he, will, she is also flying. I will him. say they did do this in the first Superman movie, where while he's flying with her, they get to a point where literally he's just holding her by the hand, and she's out flat next to him, it, like, yeah. and they're flying side by side. It well, extends... good thing that movie was ten years ago. Yes, that yeah. I, I think that <laughs> if you're gonna try and explain it with bullshit movie science oh, oh here we go all right let's do this okay <laughs> static electricity no if you're going fast enough you're going to create lift okay so she's all like right, a so wing. just like uh, people who skydive if they spread their arms they can sure. fly yeah so if you're going fast enough you can create lift with your arms that's I what i'll it. say all right fair but I, uh, they went fast enough that they went all the way out to San Francisco and back in less than an hour at this speed. I think here's the other the other side of that is, is that if they're flying fast enough that the he's out in San Francisco in a matter of like 10 minutes, she'd just explode. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. He hit in Mach five. Also, I love the moment where they're over the mountains and he just decides to drop her. He just lets like, her go. go. I'm gonna let you go and scare the shit so out of you. So then she's she's essentially falling gracefully. Yes. Yeah. She doesn't really drop per uh, se. And then he he just grabs her again and brings her back. They get back to the uh, the the balcony. Uh, he comments, you know, uh, how did you how'd you like going solo? <laughs> to which, if it was me, my response <laughs> would be, "What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, never do that again." <laughs> you should have kicked him in the nut. Yeah, absolutely. You dick. She would have broken her foot, but uh, you get the idea. <laughs> yeah. At which point it's it's revealed now for anyone who doesn't understand um, back in Superman two, uh, Lois Lane figured out that Superman and Clark Kent were the same person. And that was a major part of that entire story and plot, which led to a, a very um, emotional moment at the end of the movie where uh, Superman slash Clark decided that uh, he was going to essentially take away Lois's memories about the fact that he's Superman because it puts her in danger, like in the fact that she got kidnapped by Zod. So he has a magical power where he can kiss her and just erase her memory. Magic kiss. Uh, he does it again in this. Yeah. Uh, where for some reason he decided uh, for the ne- for the next hour, I just want you to know that I'm Superman. But um, once we're done with that, I'm going to kiss you. I'm going to erase your memory. And then I'm going to get dressed up as Clark and we're going to go to this press junket. Like he just used her to make himself feel better. And then, yeah, nah, it's pretty shitty. And then erased this, her whole memory. This it's whole pretty, entire really flying sequence had no point. No, nothing. There's nothing going on there. It's just to show that he can fly. I was trying to figure out, is it, okay, is it they're flying around America or they're flying around what they, we're supposed to think is Metropolis, but then no, it clearly says San, San Francisco. They leave, they the leave what is very clearly Manhattan. Yes. Right. And that's supposed to be Metropolis. Yes. They fly over mountains. They go to San Francisco. They come back to Manhattan which is supposed to be Metropolis, which I love the fact that at this point, they're not even pretending anymore. It's just no, we're calling it Metropolis, but we have the World Trade Center. We have the Statue of Liberty. Uh, uh, later on, we learned that Lex Luthor lives in the top floor of the fucking Empire, Empire State, State Building. Building. But then all the street scenes of Metropolis, curiously, there's no fucking tall buildings around any of them. Nope, not even one. <laughs> not even in one. In fact, they have one floor buildings with like uh, thatched roofs. Yes. <laughs> That's odd. <laughs> also, I love here where, you know, she comes back after the kiss and she's like, what am I doing out here? I, I feel like I'm jet lagged. Lois, this happened so many times to Lois Lane. She must think she has fucking brain cancer. This is straight up abuse. It's total abuse. How many times has he done this to her? Do you think in the past? That they like, I love the idea that we've established in the Chris Reeve movies that Superman has the power of gaslighting. Yes, he does. <laughs> 
Um, Super. So guest. they they leave to go to whatever their hell their uh, their 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 date thing was. Oh uh, yeah, I have the no. That was just he fucking mind wiped her again. Yes. What a douche. <laughs> Uh, and I, oh, right under it, I wrote "fuckboy Superman." Nice, brought that back. That's about right. My kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Superman, after flying around with Lois, has decided, you know what? I am gonna get rid of all the fucking nukes in the world. So he flies down <laughs> and just happens to find this Jeremy kid, like a block away from the UN. And he flies down. He goes, "Hey, Jeremy, I'm Superman. Want to go for a walk with me?" He says, "Okay." And then it's him and Superman and, like, everybody in New York. I'm sorry, I mean Metropolis. Um, just walking up to the UN and being allowed in. <laughs> Apparently the UN is in session at this very moment. Yeah. Uh, and they're all allowed to, like, just pile into the viewing boxes that I guess are at the UN. And Superman does what we were hoping he would do in this entire movie. He makes a speech. Yes, you always need the speech. And he makes a speech about how, um, essentially, he no longer recognizes the authority of the world's governments, and he himself is now going to stop nuclear war forever, essentially making himself a dictator. Great. This this is probably what inspired Zack Snyder's plot. For yeah, sounds like it. There's a fucking speech. Well, Batman v Superman. Yeah. yeah. So after he gives this speech, we then get a montage of oh, various nations firing nuclear missiles into space while Superman collects Let's them all him. into a giant <laughs> net. Shoot them all at once. The, the fucking net. Oh, my that God. Here's, here's the thing that I love. What they don't specify is that it, it doesn't tell us that these people are helping him or working with him. I can't tell. Are they... Firing missiles at people? Yeah. Are they testing their nuclear I weapons? I had the same thought. Or are they working with Superman? They must. I, I thought it. To me, it came off like these countries were like, "Fuck it, we're yeah. using these." Yes. Yeah. Yes. If, if, yes. Superman, if Superman's yes. coming down on us, Let's I'm gonna fucking nuke fire, Russia. Yes, he's yeah. coming to get them. Fucking fire all of them at once. So he oh. he collects what I'm gonna go ahead and say is about how many is that? A hundred and fifty missiles. Okay, in a big net. In a big net. You know what? Net. Let's round it out. Let's say two hundred. Okay. In a big old net. <laughs> Where did and, he get this net from? Yeah, who made this um, net? The Hammock District? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you gotta go to the Hammock District. I feel like maybe the only net, maybe he got it from like a deep sea fishing or it's something like, like that. It's like a fishing net. Be. But um, uh, collects them all in this net in space, ties it off, and he hammer throws it into the sun. Good form. You know, you know for um, if we want to explain with science. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a very good idea. Wouldn't that just implode the giant sun? I, don't, I mean, the sun is gigantic. Yeah. So keep it in mind. But I don't want it, I don't know if I'd launch all the nukes at the sun. Solar I, flares. I, I mean, yeah, the solar flare. The solar be like, flare alone would wipe everyone out. Oh well, yeah, trust me. We'd all be like burnt matchsticks. This is this is the first of choices Superman made in this movie that would cause catastrophic problems yes. for Earth as a whole. Oh yeah. Um. My the other thing that I love is is uh, the the little bit of research that I pulled in for this is uh, so we were we're all in, probably in agreement anywhere from two hundred to three hundred missiles inside that giant net. Sure. Uh, at the time that this movie came out in nineteen eighty seven, the yeah. late eighties, it was estimated that across the world there were sixty thousand different shit. nuclear weapons. Oh, oh shit! Sixty thousand. That's not sixty thousand. Now, missiles. granted, it's it wouldn't be that it would all be sixty thousand long range missiles. Mm. But still, that's a lot. 
there's a lot that he's missing, which means much, yeah. there's a lot of suitcase nukes yes. that they just decided not to give Superman. Maybe this was just like the last one that he did. Oh, and that's that's also possible. a possibility is that he's been he's thrown like 70 yeah. giant nets full of yeah. missiles into the sun. Yeah, maybe. Let's give the benefit of the doubt. This is the last maybe one. He, this is the last. This, <laughs> this, is the last is, this is the last one, I swear. Yeah. I also I also made a quick comment that in the scene where he's in the UN, the costume looks a little ill fitting on him. Does it? Don't, hmm. Doesn't really matter. It's not it's not important. But just I noticed I was like, doesn't look that great on him right here. That's all Reeve though. He's mus- He had muscles. Oh yeah. Now we can get on with the Luther plot because we saved the world from nuclear war. Lex decides he's going to proposition a whole bunch of black market arms dealers with the idea that if they help him get a nuclear weapon. A nuclear weapon. Nuclear? A nuclear, a nuclear weapon. <laughs> nuclear weapon, nuclear. yes. Nuclear. That he can get rid of Superman. And they also, they're all asking him essentially like, well, what's in it for you? Why do you want to kill Superman? He's like, oh, I'm in it for the money. So his plan is that he's taking the hair that he stole from Superman and he is mixing it with his own DNA. Uh-huh. As well as a bit of fabric. Most it, it's spandex. Yeah, he's putting it into this tiny little computer box. It's, easy, it's an easy bake oven, essentially, <laughs> with a light bulb. Well, I, I love that they have the the smoke coming out of the the test vials with all the different color liquids. <laughs> the bubbling like, green. Oh yeah, and yeah. Red. This yeah. is straight. I mean, corn, cheese ball. He, oh, yeah. I mean, it this looks is... like. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it's like a. A high school play. I was, yeah. It looks like Rocky I was, I was Horror Picture Show or something. This is this is literally asking uh, a high school drama club to go. Okay, we need evil science lab. Right, make so, one. So we've got beakers that are bubbling in the background with like dry ice in them. Um, now, one of my favorite little exchanges is while they're while they're he and Lenny are putting together the this little package that's going to create uh, a nuclear man. <laughs> They put in the the bit of DNA that's a mixture of Superman and Lex Luthor, but then also they're putting in the fabric. And uh, Lenny makes a comment about like you know Uncle Lex, that's not going to be enough to cover him. And Lex makes a comment that the computer is going to essentially yes. weave more fabric in order to match the society's modesty and ethics levels at this time. What the fuck does that even mean? Essentially, he's saying he's, the computer is going to dictate just how much of dick you're going to get to see yes, from, uh, from Nuclear Man. Based on history. And- it's, the computer knows exactly how much cock coverage you need. Uh, so they, they bundle up this little package, and then they, they are able to, with the, the arms dealers, get it stashed inside of a nuclear missile. And they sneak onto a, an army base that is testing this nuclear missile, uh, despite the fact that, as far as we understand... Superman just destroyed all the I nuclear missiles. I thought he got rid of all the missiles. So what this means is uh, that might have been the first um, uh, net. First go around. Oh, okay. Because, because uh, possibly. They're still because now they're firing this missile and, and Lex does a whole bunch of fucking Bugs Bunny shit to sneak <laughs> on and pretend he's a five-star general and, and launch the missile. People just listen and to here's him. Here's the thing that, that confuses the hell out of me. They're going to launch this missile and they're probably going to launch it straight upward into the sky. To send up to Superman so he can grab it and throw it into the sun and get rid of it, which is exactly what Lex wants. But still, for some reason, he decides to fuck with them and fire it early so that it just flies over top of the bunker they're in. Hmm. Because 
Why? He just likes to show everybody he's a fucking jerk off. Yeah, that makes sense. He is literally snidely whiplash in this whole fucking movie. And I love the guy who's pressing the buttons is just, he's just listening to anybody. Doesn't matter. Who's this guy? I don't know. Press the fire it. Okay. Okay. You're, you're the boss. Doing this for three years. I just met you. I don't know if you're supposed to be here, but you're the boss. Finally, I get to press that button. I've been looking at it. <laughs> 42 minutes into this less than 90 minute movie. It, it's so short, too. Superman throws this nuclear missile into the sun. <laughs> and there's an explosion. And oh. from that explosion comes a fetus. It's <laughs> <laughs> so great. That grows into a full grown man in a black and orange costume with a strikingly blonde mullet. And a perfectly done logo on his shirt. That's true. <laughs> oh, did the computer oh. weave this logo? It seemed like the movie casted this guy and went, find Dolph Lundgren, but not Dolph He's Lundgren. He's Dolph Lundgren-ish. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, except Pillow. for his amazing manicure. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. What's with the nails? Constantly with these salt nuclear man's nails. He's got Wolverine nails. <laughs> Why? So after Nuclear Man. Nuclear has been born. We cut to a far more important moment as Clark is on a date with Lacey at a gym. And we get to have a whole lot of comedy, comedy. there. Because he's he's out of time and rhythm with the aerobics and apparently his back can't handle doing it because you know how much you strain your lower back doing aerobics. <laughs> I, I just got to point out that Imran's contribution to that last 30 seconds was repeating the word you said and just going comedy <laughs> listen thank you <laughs> i love christopher reeve does this so well. he's so good as clark kent you just you have he so much fun. Fun. No, no, he is him. he is a hundred percent the watchable part of this he's movie so great yeah. in this he's in the that. best part of the movie yeah. but uh, away from that there's also one of the instructors there who just bullies clark because he's a fucking nerd nerd <laughs> fucking fucking nerd get out of my gym you nerd <laughs> Um, and so there's just uh, no reason to this scene because the the nerd bullies him and then they're going to leave. And so then Clark just throws a really fucking heavy barbell at him. You could have killed him. Good. <laughs> that guy was a dick. What was the, uh, what was the, uh, no pay, no gain. No pay, yeah. no gain. Yeah. Oh yeah. He says, <laughs> which they did this sort of in Superman three already also. And in two and in two. Yes. So. Uh, as as Nuclear Man comes to visit his daddy, the first thing that we notice is um, Lex Luthor hired a woman to dress up like Marie Antoinette and yeah. just dance with what him. What the shit is this? Why is he dancing with this random Victorian woman? Uh, it's um, a choice, I guess. <laughs> uh, so he has her leave. Nuclear Man shows up. They have an exchange essentially where we reveal that Gene Hackman did all the ADR for nuclear man's lines. And there's this whole back and forth about, you know, I'm, I'm the one who created you. I'm your father. No, I'm your father. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm your father now. Doesn't make sense. Step, I'm, this daddy thing is getting <laughs> weird. Um, there's also a lot of really bad ADR for uh, John Cryer in this scene. Yes. And for some reason, from this point in the movie until the rest of the movie, he decided to dial up the surfer uh, dialect. I love to it. To like 11. He's like, oh, no. Oh, I'm breakdancing. Oh, no. Oh, no. So Whoa, let me down. So bad. It's so funny. Um, Terrible. 
<laughs> and so we also learn the weakness of Nuclear Man is that he oh only <laughs> operates while in direct sunlight. Okay. Get the fuck uh, out of here. Two, two comments yes, on can that. Can we just pause here for a second? <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is where we now need to, to break is, down a lot of things. This is two, so ridiculous. Two comments on that, right? Up. Yes. First, could you have just telegraphed any more clearly how this is going to end yes. in terms of how Superman's going to beat this guy? Number two, this is the stupidest <laughs> yeah. weakness ever. I, if some normal guy could just pull out a fucking umbrella and kill this motherfucker. You could be by an umbrella. This is what you created, Lex, you idiot. And it's it's not even like the idea of, oh, well, he, he can only fight during the day because there is sunlight. He walks into just a shaded area the in shadow. the penthouse so he, shuts he and shuts down into a little Terminator pose. He has to be in direct sunlight That's so bad. It would have been better what? if he like hit a button and all the, sh- the, the shutters went down. And Yeah, you if know. he straight up blacked yes. out the room. Yeah, that would have been great. That would have worked. Sense. But it's yeah, Beautiful. it's literally just like he stepped out of the <laughs> direct sunlight so of weak. the window and just yeah. passes out. This is the worst weakness. He just holds his <laughs> hand up what I lo- and blocks the sun. Yeah, what I love about it is that Lex Lex comments on it like he designed it yes. to be this way. He's proud of it. He's like, oh yeah, uh, because obviously if he's not in direct sunlight, he uh, can't operate. Because uh, then, therefore, all I have to do is never be in direct sunlight, and he can't kill me. Also, he does mention, like, he gets, obviously, he gets his energy from the sun, but doesn't fucking Superman also get his fucking power? Superman yeah, absolutely gets sun? all of his yes. power from the yeah. yellow sun. So how's he um, supposed to hurt him? And you know what? He can still fly at night. Yes. Yeah. He, he can, he can, yeah. he, he works in a shadow. That's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. It's ridiculous. We now get to the scene that I think I hated the Why most in this whole movie. Why is he man, though? Because he was really created just through nuclear energy. Nuclear oh. energy in the explosion, in the missile. And because um, we're trying to get rid of nuclear weapons, so we need our supervillain to represent that. It's an anti-nuclear message. No, oh, I just thought it was wanted it this way. Here's my favorite thing. Yeah. Uh, spoiler for t- uh, towards the end. Anti-nuclear weapons, pro-nuclear power. Oh, yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. <laughs> I didn't think about that. So, as I said, we now get to the part of this movie that I hate the fucking most. Let's and it, it is what I have dubbed... Double date shenanigans. Oh, it's so bad. Lacey has invited Clark to her hotel room or apartment. It's one of these. Apartment. Um, Because she and Lois are going to do an interview with Superman, and she thinks that Clark should be there, so that way they can all interview Superman, but also specifically states that it's a double date. Um, I don't know if Superman realizes that this is supposed to be a date but uh I, there's also some really bad implications in the idea of inviting someone to a thing uh believing it's one thing to then surprise we're on a date now oh boy so we get to have all this fun where clark has to figure out how can he interact with these women as both himself and as superman and this involves him showing up as clark and uh saying oh i gotta pay the driver but i don't have uh, enough money can you give me money because you're rich and she hands him her fucking, like, Amex card to go pay a taxi driver in 1987. <laughs> and he runs away. And because he's gone, he then shows up on the balcony as Superman. And uh, he's cha- he's talking with them. And, oh, we're, we're going to go ahead and we're going to have a great time. But then Lacey is worried about Clark because he's taking so long. And so she leaves to go find Clark. Uh, and Superman decides to distract Lois by using his super heat vision 
to fully cook the duck dinner they're going to have in the oven so that she'll panic and think it's burning and run away so he can fly back down to the street and pretend to be Clark. Clever. Uh, whereas Clark, he's going to get into the elevator with Lacey, and then he gets uh, hit with a luggage cart that I guess... Uh, this is why I think it's a hotel, because it's a oh, lobby yeah. that's got like a fucking luggage oh, cart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he gets pushed off. And he, yeah, he gets, <laughs> he gets pushed off out, all the way away as she's going up in the elevator, oh, and then he Clark. runs outside, and he climbs into a limo, it gets out of the limo as Superman flies away. <laughs> Nobody saw anything. Whose car is that? Yeah, it's limo just the guy's it's, limo. It's just I, waiting out there. It wasn't open. And I, I Where's love his to clothes? Think, I love to think that the driver of the limo is just sitting there looking in the mirror like, can I help you? Does he have to go back there to get his clothes afterwards? I'm, I'm assuming. Unless I also like to think that when he switches as to Superman, he puts all his Clark co- Clark Kent clothes under his under Superman, Superman costume. Under Superman costume? Okay. What, what's, I'll buy that. What's, for me, what this scene is trying to be funny, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. But it's just not funny. Yeah. It's it's so it's so painfully written that you're just like, everyone in here is a dumbass. Yeah. The funniest bit about this scene is when he goes running out the front door and he gets into the limo. This is supposed to be a big ritzy hotel in Midtown Manhattan, yes. supposed to be Metropolis. Yes. Across the street from the hotel is a field. Because <laughs> it's <laughs> London. I mean, it's the UK. It's not London. It's oh, yeah. No, it's I, I'll, I'll have yeah. the name written down somewhere, it's but it's, it's a town. tiny fucking yes. town outside of London. Yes. He gets upstairs as Superman. They have more chats, and then he's trying to do... I'm not going to go through all of his fucking yeah, back and forth. What, what is... Nothing is accomplished. No, we don't even... No, nothing though. is happening in this scene. Yeah. But ultimately, the big thing that winds up happening is is he starts hearing Lex's voice talking to him, and oh he God. looks yeah. out the window, and Lex takes over one of the TV screens in Times Square sure. and puts his face on it, but... Only Superman can hear him and I guess see him because it's his own private frequency. And he tells him, uh, see that building over there? He said about fucking New York City. He says, look to your left. <laughs> yeah, I think. Oh, so okay. He, he knows not only that Superman is in town. But, exactly but that if he looks to he his is. left, <laughs> he will notice the building that he is referring and so to. So he looks over at the Empire State the Building. The Empire State Building. So he's apparently just to the left of the Empire and he's, State Building. He's told there's a bomb on the top floor of that building. And you and it's gonna blow up unless you go and stop it. Eagle Eyes will notice the first time they show the billboard, there's a seven eleven billboard underneath Lex, and it cuts back to him, and it cuts back to Lex, and it's a different fucking billboard. Oh shit. Underneath him. Well, it's Times Square. It was videos. No, this was not a video billboard. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, well, do you know what that is? Yes. That's double the product placement, baby. Yes, it is. Uh, so <laughs> he then runs out and he, well, he doesn't even actually run out. Like he just, he disappears into the kitchen as Clark and then never comes back out. As Clark, <laughs> But yeah. instead shows up as Superman on the balcony is like, oh, hi, Lois. Just uh, wanted to let you know that there's an emergency and I guess I have to go. Goodbye. He flies away. And then. <laughs> They never questioned where the fuck Clark went. <laughs> They're like, where's Clark? Wait, where's Clark? And he, he flies over to the uh, the building, the Empire State Building, to the penthouse that uh, Lex and Lenny live in at the top of this building. Of Mice and Men? Of Mice, yes. Yeah. <laughs> love them It'd be better if it was Lenny from Mice him. and Men. Um, it's the gaudiest penthouse ever, too. And Jesus basically, Christ. Lex is giving this whole weird speech about just, like, telling Superman he should retire 
He was like, oh, you always work too much. You should stop and smell the flowers, you know? Have some kids. Pet a puppy. And my second favorite line in this entire movie is Superman telling Lex Luthor, Luthor, it is common knowledge that you hate children and animals. (laughs) (laughs) That is great. That's great. That's really good. So we have the final meeting of Superman and Nuclear Man. One hour into the film. <laughs> they finally meet. First meeting. You yeah, mean. the first meeting. Yes, well, the f- yeah. yeah, sorry. I meant they finally meet. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I also love is he shows up and like we're supposed to be impressed by the fact that as he's walking across the balcony, he's leaving like molten fucking footprints. Yes, perfect footprints. But only this one time. He's never done this he's before, and it'll never happen again. Also, as he lands, every time you see him land off the harness, the keying around his hair and his body is so... It's shifting. Oh, no, they can't... It's they so cannot bad. get rid of the blue screen around him. No, because he's got fucking mullet hair. He can't fuck. It was the same problem they had with Margot Kidder. Yeah. Um, her, her hair is so big that yeah. they can't key yeah. all the blue out of yeah, it. Yeah, you don't have enough money for that. Uh, they also only had one month to do VO, yes. or v- v- VFX. We'll yeah. touch on that. Yeah. Um... So they finally are going to fight, oh, except Lex has to monologue a little bit more. So when, when Nuclear Man shows up and the only line he gives is, destroy Superman, he tells him, yeah, not yet. <laughs> it goes on. And then finally we get to the point where he basically tells Superman, like, all right, well, uh, time to die now. Have a good one. And he and Lenny leave. And so Superman and Nuclear Man start fighting. And the, the way they fight Oof, is they was, grapple. And I was immediately say, fighting uh, is a loose I, term I, for what they're doing. Oh, I know. They immediately grapple and instantly fall through the balcony railing off the building. And they slowly fall. Everyone falls really slowly in this movie. They're, they're both just like, it is very reminiscent of like a kaiju fight in an early oh, yeah. Toho film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. So but it would make more sense in an early Toho film because those guys couldn't see. Yeah. So they yeah. go they go tumbling <laughs> off the building. 300 pounds of rubber. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they go tumbling off the building, like struggling with each other as they fall. And then they go flying up into the air and into space. And then he starts chasing after Nuclear Man, who's decided that instead of fighting Superman, he's just going to cause wanton destruction across the world and make Superman have to clean it up. Yes. So they fly to... The Great Wall of China. Let's destroy everything else instead. (laughs) They they fly to the Great Wall of China, where Nuclear Man just starts blowing holes into, like, parts of it. And um, here's one of my favorite things about this scene. Everyone on the Great Wall of China? White. Yes. You know what? I also... I was like, I I thought it was the Great Wall, and I went... Wait, there's all these white people. What What are they trying to say? These are all English extras, but I was like, oh, busy day on the Great Wall today. That must have been yeah. a tour. Why are all these No, but I was like, busy day on the Great Jesus. Wall. Wait a minute. Is that the Great Wall? <laughs> it's one of those what things from, I'm like, they never established where the fuck you are ever in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that it's the Great Wall, but it's also nothing but white people. I'm like, is this like... It's the is Great this Wall something of I don't know about? It, yeah, it's the Great Wall of Scotland. Chinese people don't go to the Great Wall. They know it's there. It's like, you know, I, if you lived in New York, you're not going to the Statue of Liberty. You live there. This is a tourist thing. That's why it's just white people. Right. Why wouldn't you go to the Statue of Liberty and sell uh, bootleg T-shirts? Well, I guess you could do that. There should be Great Wall T-shirts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I saw the Great Wall from space, but not really. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so they blow some holes into these into the the Great Wall of China, and the Nuclear Man flies away, and Superman has to fix it. So he does so using 
Minecraft vision? What? What? When was this established? He literally lands next to the Great Wall, and he looks at it, and this weird little blue beam shoots from his eyes, and the Great Wall just rebuilds itself. Repair a vision? What is this power? When did he get this power? (laughs) Well, he learned it by playing with lots of Legos when he was a kid. (laughs) He's like, I will reverse time. Not really. He's like, I can do the Star Wars Death Star in like five minutes. You think think this is bad? Try knocking over a a log cabin. I'll rebuild that shit. (laughs) This is going great. I love it. It's just reverse time lapse of bricks appearing out of nowhere. It's amazing. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Oh, I fucking love it. It's, It's like... No, the people that wrote this never read a Superman comic, no. or were just so goddamn lazy, or I don't know. Yeah, let's just make really shitty things happen here. They had, pro- so, they had to solve a problem, and that's like, we need them to do something. Yeah, we we need to fix this problem that we wrote into the plot. Yes. <laughs> but also, it can't. So cost- we will fix it within. We need. We have twenty seconds. Well, and we, ah, we can't really afford. I wrote, to throw I wrote into the it. script that the Great Wall got destroyed. Uh, well, what's wrong? What how the be- fuck do you fix that? <laughs> they should have just done a time lapse of Superman sped up. No, that was too much money. We need the, something no, that'll cost fifty dollars. Yeah, a little, a little, a little look into the future. Yeah. That's exactly what it was supposed to be, and they yeah. didn't have the time or the money to do nope. it. Oh wow! Yes. Oh, man. So him, him very quickly rebuilding the wall by uh, brick by brick turned into um, him looking at it and it fixing itself. So one of the writers was like, well, what if he just looks at it and the bricks just show up? Yeah, wonderful printed. Oh, Why did shit. it cost more to do it that way? I, I, don't, yeah, know. I, don't, know. I don't know. All they did was reverse it, the film of the bricks. That's cheap. But um, so from China, they decided to head off into Italy where nuclear man pencil dives into a volcano and just makes it erupt in hot magma. But wait a minute. <laughs> Wouldn't he, once he went into the volcano, he's in a shadow, there's no sunlight. Wouldn't he have just depowered instantly? Come on, Emma, up, stop Imran. thinking. Stop using <laughs> your brain, oh, shit. Sorry. This is not the place for your brain. The oh, fuck do you think you're doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So Superman then has to figure out how is he going to stop this problem. So what he decides to do is he uh, flies off to a nearby mountain and he shears off the top of it <laughs> and he turns it upside down and he corks the fucking volcano. Because that'll work. Yes. Because, you know, um, there's no such thing as pressure. Right, the pressure. Will, of a yeah. Don't worry about the pressure building up. Uh, I, and it's just you can clearly tell these are just little toy yes. miniatures oh, yes. that he's tossing well, around. And that's the thing that I love is when when they then show like the weird random like Italian village that's being destroyed by lava. You can see just how much of it is like a a toy town that they set off firecrackers yeah. inside. Of. Oh yeah, I know. And the, and the lava flowing through reminded me of. The movie Rodan, which yep. was made in the oh, 1950s. Oh, yeah. No, this is this scene itself is when I was like, oh, yeah, it's because, the, you know, th- they're trying to capture the whole thing from essentially the first movie where the destruction of uh, uh, Krypton was straight up just a disaster movie from the 50s. Yeah. So this is what they decided to do is they were going to build a whole scene that was just a disaster film moment. And then Superman flies down into the village and he guards the five people that live in it and just keeps using his ice breath to turn the hot liquid magma into magma. still probably very hot yes. solid rock. They're, and it's so close to them, I would have fucking burned the oh, shit they right out died. of them. They would have all been dead. 
it's it's you know it's the same problem with like uh what was it uh Jurassic World two when when fucking Chris Pratt's rolling sideways away from lava you'd already be dead. You forgot to mention right before this nuclear man in space freezes him in a shitty crystal um box. Oh fuck! Was what that before fuck? this? Yeah, it's before. The okay, volcano. I wrote, what the I wrote that in after the, the volcano. Well, well the, the, their entire tangle here is so unmemorable that it's yeah. I actually forgot about it that. It doesn't matter <laughs> what the order. Proper fucking yeah. order doesn't even matter. Right. Um. None of it makes sense. Because then they they also I think they fight in space again after this, and they, this is yeah. when he finally reveals that his fingernails get longer. <laughs> oh no! Look out! Snickety snick! Exactly. I'm Wolverine, bitch. But that don't worry. They don't come into play yet. They just no. get longer. Because then he decides, all right, I'm done done toying with you again. I'm going to fly down to Metropolis, New York, <laughs> and I'm going to pick up the Statue of Liberty. And I'm going to fly it over Manhattan. I'm just going to drop it. This looks Sorry, like over Metropolis. A scene this sequence is so terribly This looks done. like a scene from a Monty Python fucking movie. Oh, shit. So what I love is that they they only built... The hand. The, the hand that's holding the plaque out of foam. It, it is the most ridiculous oversized prop you'll ever see. And on so that's that's what they show him carrying it by when they do the close-up shot of him flying with it. And then when Superman saves it, he just decides to grab it from the exact yes. same spot. Fly back the other way. It is so ridiculous. <laughs> and it's all it is. is he is a Nuclear man picks it up, brings it to the middle of the city, lets go. Superman flies in, grabs it, flies it back, and is going to put it back exactly where and it was. If you watch carefully, Ellis Island, wherever he puts the, the base on it, it's shaking the whole time. <laughs> wobbling the whole time in the but, background. So while he's flying it back, Nuclear Man comes flying up and decides, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to scratch your neck with um, my nails. Oh, shit. The fuck? And so he does, and it so leaves bad. like cartoon scratch marks yeah. that glow on his yeah, skin. It's like a- Red nuclear. You can clearly tell it's they tr- there's the CGI of the time, I guess, <laughs> glowing on his neck. Yes, marks. The, the note I have written is scratched his neck. Ooh, that smarts. <laughs> oh, uh, he scratched me. And and the, this is what takes down the most powerful yes. hero we have established so he, in cinema. He he puts the the Statue of Liberty back even after he's been scratched. He puts it back perfectly fine. It's now exactly where it was. But then we just immediately cut to a shot of his cape wafting in the wind yeah. falling on top of the torch of the statue of liberty which makes no fucking sense cuz he was never that high he was never that high but also like why did his cape come off <laughs> did why did happen? what the scratch did, man it's where where did you go and why do you not have it now <laughs> so lois lois lane quits her job because she's tired of this paper and all of its bullshit because they printed a headline that's Superman dead? Question mark? You know why? Because, well, um, his cape was found and sold to the paper uh, of course. for a tidy sum. <laughs> they assume he's dead because no one's seen him for, I don't know, an hour? How fucking, what, we, which yeah, day we is have, it? We have no concept no. of how much time has now passed. So meanwhile, like nuclear man's like just loose, right? Yeah. No one's yeah, stopping. What is he doing? And what I love about it is that nuclear man, as he has told us, his whole entire job is to destroy Superman. And instead, what he did was he scratched him in the neck and then fucked off. 
He's like, I'm done for today. That's, that's enough for me. I scratched that's, him. Yeah, well, five o'clock, got to punch out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Lois then goes to visit Clark, and he's in his uh, apartment having the worst flu of his life from this neck scratch. And they have this whole speech that Lois gives where it's very obvious that she's just telling Clark what she wants to tell Superman because I guess she knows he's Superman again, but he we've established that he wiped her memory. Yeah. But like this whole entire scene is just full of look, asshole, I know you're Superman. And so she gives him the cape and is like, well, if you ever see him, he's probably going to need this. And that's the end of that scene. That's all that happened there. But Lex is swimming in the fucking money already from these uh, arms dealers somehow, because I don't know how they were making money by building a nuclear man. Yeah, what do they pay him for? So I guess they paid him because nuclear man got rid of Superman. And now everybody can make money. Yeah, now they can all go to war. Sure. But anyway, so he then decides to use Nuclear Man as a threat against them and says, um, uh, essentially, he's taking all of their money and he's letting them live, which is stupid. <laughs> because uh, the the more people that you fuck over for, like, billions of dollars and let live, the more people are going to try to kill you. But he's got Nuclear Man. He's got yeah, Nuclear Man. That's nuclear true. Man. He so does. Um and that's the end of that scene again. It's like it's just it, a thing happens and then it's over. Yeah. It, like the next scene when Clark Kent's turning into Gollum. What? The He's a, a thousand years what old. What is happening here? Why? <laughs> He's losing his hair. It's, it's all white. gray. And the only thing that's lighting this entire scene is the fucking kryptonite shard what? that he stole from his own ship. When did this happen? And he's like standing, he's like dying and gasping for air, and he's looking at it, and we're getting exposition from his dead mom's voice about using the crystal to get his power back. And then all the power of Krypton will so, be gone forever. You know what he does? And then, he uses the crystal. So what he does is cut to the next scene without establishing what he did. Yeah. Nuclear man, I'm assuming in Lex's uh, penthouse. Wait, well, before you get to this, because okay. it's great. He is on the brink of, he gets scratched, is on the brink of death, and recovers. I think this happens maybe within three minutes? A day? Four this minutes? Of the entire, no, no, I'm, talk, the I'm talking about the within the length of the movie. Yeah, yeah. This is already, yeah, yeah. we're already in the back half yeah, of the movie. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah. they met at an hour out of the 90 minute yeah. movie. So <laughs> yes, he, he is scratched, presumed dead. Presumed dead, and then. Goes through yeah. this weird, like, food poisoning bout that makes him lose his hair and then he's better within a yeah in a matter of i would say about 3 minutes of film time it's just yeah. three scenes real quick boom 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 cool <laughs> got it uh so and, and now we're on to the next plot yes, <laughs> yes so now we get to another plot as yes. we have 10 minutes left in this movie yeah they're starting a new plot here <laughs> yeah, this is i literally looked at the clock <laughs> like, what and are you went doing? how much time is left <laughs> in this movie why so, are you doing this? so nuclear man hits puberty because he uh he sees the newspaper article saying that Lacey Warfield is now the publisher of uh, the Daily Planet and uh, decides, I'm going to kidnap that bitch. He was. Oh, nuclear man get his puberty. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this This is, uh, if there's, this is any, this is implied that he's just going to rape this girl. Oh, yeah. what, what else is he going to do with this woman? What is he doing? Oh, he doesn't, so, does he even, how does he know what to do? He was just bored. Well, he's a bad guy. That's what they do. Right. It's he's bad. It's true. Yeah. Bad guys do that. Yeah. So, so he flies to the building she's in, I guess. Right. 
He just knows. <laughs> and is stopped by Superman, who's standing in front of the front door because he knows exactly what's happening right now. Everyone, everyone is already... 50 pages into the script because now. nuclear man lands in front of superman and just goes where's the girl yeah yes yeah. and superman tells life. him somewhere you'll never find her and it's like oh what <laughs> what are you guys talking he's, he's about what is happening here <laughs> yeah. he's she's exactly where you're gonna find her in the what? building so <laughs> nuclear man decides well if i don't get her i'll kill people and then proceeds to just cause property damage I will hurt people. It's my favorite line. And, and this is where the the line goes from Clark Kent, which is some of the worst delivery ever from Christopher Reeves. Stop! Don't do it. Yeah. The people. The people. <laughs> the people. What someone think of the people? And so, Nuclear Man goes on a tantrum where he's setting fires and blowing up hydrants and crushing cars and making people levitate outside of the SWAT van that's coming to attack him, so that they float above the one-story building in the middle of Manhattan. <laughs> which he also makes spin for some reason on He makes end. them spin, at which point Superman then uses his telekinesis... Oh, another new power. ...to make power them alert. stop doing that. Th- what is this? He just looks at them, and then they go back down. What the, the fuck? fuck? What? What is happening? So, um... They, they then decide they're gonna get... He said, decides, all right, you know what? You've done enough property damage, and you've... You got a lot of people dizzy. I'll let you have the girl. Fun everyone around. People are gonna barf. Yeah. <laughs> they go inside the building, and Superman rides up in the elevator. Why is he getting in the elevator? <laughs> well, Nuclear Man decides, fuck that noise, and just flies up through the floors of the building, crashing through the same office. Five times. You can literally yeah. see the rope tied to his yeah, hands so see, that's pulling them up. You see yep. harnesses all over the place in this movie. And so they finally get to the floor that they assume, I guess, her uh, hotel room is in or whatever. And Superman tricks Nuclear Man by knocking him into the elevator and punching the door so it closes Wait, faster. wait a minute. I thought he was in front of the building where she was. They go up into Lex's penthouse. What fucking building? Where is she? Well, no, they're they're in, like, the hotel that she's staying in. Yeah, but they go straight up, and they're in Lex's penthouse. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Fuck <laughs> it. Who cares? We got five minutes. Yeah. So he punches the button, gets him trapped in the elevator, and because he's not direct sunlight, he shuts down. Phew. And Superman then flies up to the roof, punches through the roof, and grabs the cables for the elevator, and pulls it out of the top of the building, destroying this <laughs> building in the process, and probably killing people inside. Absolutely. It's he, for the greater good. It he is. flies up to the moon and drops the elevator on it. And that's it. Just leaves it there. Decides his job's done. I was yelling at the movie. I was like, you better bury that fucking elevator. What are you doing? The funny thing is, is I wrote and leaves it on the dark side of the moon. Hey, that's clever. And then I realized it's not the dark side of the moon. Hey, that's dumb. (laughs) What an idiot. (laughs) So nuclear man breaks out of the elevator and we we get a moon fight uh, as they get into a fight at the site of the first ever lunar landing. Where he fixes the flag. And it is, not yet he doesn't. Oh. Because first, they have to have their slow motion ballet fight. <laughs> where they muffled the audio because, well, you'd be hard to hear it in space. The moon. You can definitely tell, by the way, that this moon is curtains in the back. Right? Oh, yeah, you can see black curtains. And everybody's yeah. hair is moving like there's a wind source somewhere. So, they have the fight. Superman 
uh, thinking he beat uh, Nuclear Man, readjust the American flag because, uh, you know, it looks, it looks good standing upright until Nuclear Man attacks him again and Railroad spikes him into the surface of the moon. <laughs> Just playing bop That's it. great. And then he flies off to Earth again and he goes to the Daily Planet and he kidnaps Lacey. And he flies with Lacey up into space. While <laughs> Superman, after reemerging from the surface of the moon, decides, I need to stop him. And the way I'll do that is by pushing the moon in front of the sun to cause a solar eclipse. Oh. Well, before, before you get oh, before you finish that, now I've been questioning the science for a good portion of this <laughs> yes. movie, but I don't know how you explain a woman going through Earth's atmosphere into space, in space and surviving like nothing yes. happened. You can't do she it. I can't do it. Someone explain that she one. Just, I can't. I was going to say, I, I'm pretty sure Dr. Rugboy's got nothing for this well, one. I, I, got, your bullshit I got nothing. Was it a transference of power from nuclear man and a protective thin shield? I mean, if they didn't give any indication that what? that could happen. The I mean, fuck? What? That's the only thing I wow. could probably say. So, Lacey by, is in space by forcing a solar eclipse and therefore yes just causing fucking what has to be so many tidal you waves gotta, across earth you got to imagine all coastal cities are now gone they're done oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's everybody's clocks wrong too yes the time zones are <laughs> fucked up so this causes nuclear man to shut down and so superman takes lacey and he flies her back to earth and I she, guess she survives re-entry <laughs> as much as she did exiting the, the atmosphere oh, and drops her off. I don't know yeah. wherever. No, doesn't she, they, yeah. I think it's because she's white. That's and why. then he comes back and he gets nuclear man. Yes. And he flies nuclear man back down to Earth and he drops him in through the smokestack of a nuclear power plant. <laughs> so he falls into the reactor just perfectly right into the hole and hyper powers the entire city with him. Inside the nuclear reactor. Apparently, Amazing. lights that weren't on just get turned on. Like everyone is just yeah. It turns on it turns all on of the lights themselves. in the city. Yes, they were. These weren't on before. <laughs> Why is this on now? And the next day, after Superman, I guess put the the moon back where it belongs. <laughs> I hope he put the moon back. <laughs> it might even have been that. the same day. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we find out that Perry White has bought back the Daily Planet. Yay! Because of what has to be. The least believable thing in this entire movie, and that's the banks siding with the little guy. <laughs> what? Uh, apparently, I don't even remember what the hell the fucking bullshit reasoning was, but Perry claims the bank decided to give him the money to buy out the company and their shares, and so now he owns the Daily Planet again. This is also kind of like a fake news before fake news. Like, there's a theme of integrity in journalism that's going on now, and I was like, wow. Yep. Which is a whole character arc for Lacey, yeah. by the way, yeah. that doesn't matter. No, doesn't. I never mentioned it because who it, fucking cares? Does it matter? Do not make this movie a prophetic movie about the state of I America mean, they, right you now. Know, they, they tackle that. It's a tough theme about tabloid so, journalism. Uh, real tough. Yeah. They really, really uh, tackled uh, uh, it in this one. So Superman gives a second speech about, um, I don't know, let's just say peace. <laughs> Yeah, let's be friends or something. I don't. I, I, at this point, I'm already. The movie has to be over. I'm, I'm uh, done like with last, that. The last little bit that we have is um, Lex and Lenny are driving down a highway in a car from fucking wacky races, <laughs> and Lex is a hundred percent dressed as a cartoon character, 
as the car is just picked up from the road by Superman, and he flies Lenny off to um, boarding school. Or something. Yeah, no, it's, oh, boarding it's, there's, school. Uh, there's a specific name for it. Oh, it's like no. Boys it's, Town. It's Superman, which is like it's yeah, it's, it's essentially like a uh, uh, juvenile facility for for wayward boys. Oh, <laughs> what I love is because it's one of my one of the moments that I, I laughed at. I laughed because of just like the fact that they used this take was Superman flies Lenny down to the gate. And once they land, Lenny starts just making like these weird little motions. Like he's trying to do the Superman fist while flying thing <laughs> while on the ground. And I'm just sitting there being like, what the fuck are you doing, John? <laughs> does, he, oh, no. does he say something about the food being good or something? I don't remember. He had a line. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't remember, but he, he talks to the, the priest. He's like, no, oh, this boy was under a bad influence. Try to try to take care of him. And the, the priest is like, uh, okay. And so then um, uh, Superman flies Lex back to the quarry that he was at where all of the same prisoners and the same guards are. So I think this movie took place in a matter of a day. <laughs> he just left there. Um, and he drops him off and everyone in the quarry makes fun of Lex and they call him Mozart and they all start whistling at him. Uh, and then Superman makes the comment of uh, the Superman informs Lex that he figured out that uh, nuclear man was powered by the sun and that not having the sun would shut him down because he was birthed from the sun. Brilliant. And then he tells Lex he'll see him in 20 years and flies away. The end. Wow. Wow. That's a pro that's a prophecy there. I'm sure you get into the see you in 20 because he does. Oh, yep. yep. We'll touch on that. this franchise for almost 20 years. Wow. That was quite a journey. Delhauer. Amazing. Let's take a quick break here. Oh, yes, please. I, I need water. <laughs> and uh, we will come back and find out what the fuck happened to this movie. It's fascinating right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Carol. And we're the hosts of Retro Late Fee. We are stuck in 1994. And we can't get out. <laughs> We're watching all the movies and TV shows that you probably remember, I guess. Somehow we're speaking to you through some kind of time portal. Right. Uh, join us every week for great movies and TV shows from 25 years ago. <laughs> it's fun, I swear. Do you like Florida Man? Do you like crazy shit? Do you like titties and strip clubs? Why are you laughing? Because I do. You know I do. <laughs> this is the show for you. We're the Hashtag No Offense Show. I'm uh, the Duchess. That's the Duchess. That's my lovely wife. My name is Chris. And we talk about all that stuff. In addition to our daily lives as parents, what we're watching on TV, current events, anything that we could try to talk about to make you laugh. Look for us on the web at htnos.com. All the socials at HTNOS and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're available everywhere. All right, gang, before we find out what the fuck happened to Superman 4, we got a shout out. Thank a couple of people and peoples who support the podcast, and we love their support. Uh, the first one being our sponsor, Manscaped. They make awesome grooming devices. Delhauer. Yes. Uh, what? Well, I'm going to throw it to you. How about you uh, uh, turn the people on to our sponsor at Manscaped? Oh, you want me to turn them on? Turn them on, Delhauer. Use that ginger geek flow. 
All right, let's see if uh, let's see if this VO thing can actually music. work out. Cue the Cinemax <laughs> music. Hey there, fellas. It's me, your buddy Matt, and it's 2020. And guess what? Made it hard for us to stay as hygienic as we should be. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped have made it easy to turn your bathroom into your own private dong salon. Yes. <laughs> Manscaped is on a mission to change the grooming game with their below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products, and they just released their products in the UK, Canada, in Australia. So get 20% off <laughs> and free shipping with the code JOCKANDNERD at manscaped.com. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> The waterproof technology also allows you to groom in the shower and for up to 90 minutes. And if you're in the shower grooming for 90 minutes, the fuck, dude, get out. <laughs> I got to piss. <laughs> they also just released their Shear 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to your lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. That's 5.0 of trimming things. The perfect package comes with two free gifts and other liquid formulations okay mm -hmm. that's a thing to complete your <laughs> ball trimming routine these formulations are all vegan why are you eating them <laughs> no you put them on your balls you just want to be animal safe yeah. cruelty free dye free sulfate free and paraben free so you know your disco stick is in good hands you're probably sitting on the couch or in your car or digging a grave for the guy you killed that you said you wouldn't kill, but oh, you did it anyway. <laughs> You're touching your balls, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, it was exciting. You heard the sounds he made. Well, anyway, you might as well keep them smelling fresh with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, an anti-chafing ball deodorant designed to defend against below-the-waist odors. When the summer humidity hits, and tell you right now, it is hitting because I'm in a closet. There's no air movement in here, and God damn it, is terrible. Use this to keep my balls from sticking to my legs. My balls was hot. They have a crop reviver ball toner, and it's a spray-on toner for your testicles. That's it. Just that's all it says. That's all I got. That's here. what it is. I like that it adds some tone. Tone. <laughs> little, my little, balls are a little tone more tone. I've always today. wanted to airbrush my balls, and now you could do it. My balls have abs. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Their foot duster deodorant for your feet is so good that it can even reduce the odor of the dirtiest feet, the Hobbit feet, if you will. Basically, all I'm saying is, if you love your package, and I know you do, because I do too. All you have to do is go to their site, hit a few buttons on your phone or your computer or whatever, type in a little code, it's Jock and Nerd. You can get 20% off and free shipping. Yeah! Jock and Nerd! Well done. I was going to say, you didn't have to read all that, but it was so good. I just let you go. You gave me copy, dude. I ran. I'm going to cut this and make it. This is the best ad Manscaped's ever going to get. You hear that? Jock there you go. There you go, Imran. Even more fucking free work for you. That's code JockaNerd at Manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping. And the other people I want to thank real quick is our Patreon subscribers. Listen, listener, if you love the show, you've been enjoying it, join our fan club. Visit JockaNerd.com slash Patreon. You will get a bonus RSS feed with bonus content just for our Patreon peeps. It has movie reviews. The shows come out early. This week, Anthony, you had some Corona binge reports, two, two good ones. Yes, I binged. I actually binged 
Cobra Kai, so to make that Corona binge report apropos. That is a binge. And then I did an instant reaction, guess Corona binge report to Tenet. I oh, went and braved seeing a movie in a real movie theater. How many people in that theater with you? I rented the whole thing out for myself. No, Fantastic. I, I didn't have to. I paid the price of one ticket and got the whole theater to myself. It was what actually. What time did you go? What time of day? Five thirty on a Sunday, so not like a peak Ooh. time at all. But to be quite honest, it was actually very depressing looking at the movie <laughs> theater and and seeing no one there and nobody walking around in the in the con. I guess the, was it the? Would you call it a concourse? The lobby. The lobby. Uh, there was, I mean, it was it was quite wow. sad. So that's amazing. For the price of one movie ticket, you can have the whole theater to yourself right mm-hmm. now. Very, oh, very shit. sad. I'll tell you now, Anthony, it doesn't matter if you didn't buy a ticket for every seat. You paid money and you had the whole theater. You bought it out. There you go. There you go. Bought out the theater. Also up is part four of uh, Rug Boy and Myself's old dumb songs series. Five part Patreon only series. Songs from 25 years ago. Rugs this week. It's We Love 80s Sitcoms. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, about songs about how much we love 80s sitcoms. What's your favorite one? Oh, man. Maybe Perfect Strangers was a good one. Yeah. I, Perfect Strangers is great. Goddamn right. Uh, I like, uh, I still like Three's Company, but even though it's not an 80s, it's 70s. It rolled into the 80s. All yeah, all those shits. Yeah. TGIF. Remember TGIF? Family yeah. Matters. Oh, yeah. Growing Pains. Um, They're all good. They're all part of my childhood. And we wrote dumb songs. About I just that. watched the bowling episode of Perfect Strangers. It's on Hulu now. Yes, the whole the whole season. My favorite episode of Perfect Strangers is the Bibby Bopka episode where they make oh, Bibby Bopkas and then they explode. I like when they're ninjas too. Yes, when they have they, they learn self <laughs> defense. Karate. Yes, and Valky's a ninja. Oh, that show is still fantastic. Anyways, find all that yeah. stuff on our Patreon, jockander.com slash Patreon. All right, Del Hauer. The foot. Oh wait, let me do this. What the fuck happened <laughs> to Superman for Quest for Peace? Um, so th- I guess the easiest way to go about this is to say, uh, overall, it's Richard Donner's fault. It is. Fuck, no, not fuck really. That guy. Oh, God. <laughs> no. So basically what it boils down to um, is back in the mid 70s, uh, the Solkines, I think, is is how their their name is pronounced. Yep. A father and son uh, pair of producers bought the rights to have uh, to do Superman films, as well as uh, the rights to characters that are essentially just connected to Superman. So Lois Lane or Supergirl or Superboy or as my favorite uh, is Crypto, the the Wonderhound. But also, I don't think they bought that. Crypto's great. Um, and they because they wanted to make a Superman movie. And they did in 1978 when they made Superman, the motion picture. Uh, directed by Richard Donner. The problem was is that they initially decided what they wanted to do was they were going to film two Superman movies back to back. And they wanted to have it so that the storyline of these two movies interconnected with each other and they would be able to release them like within a matter of a year or two from each other uh, to really kind of capitalize on the idea of Superman movie. Uh, the problem was is that they when they hired Richard Donner, Richard Donner was a director who had a vision for what he wanted a Superman movie to be. And the biggest thing that he wanted to push for was no matter what they did, the movie needed to remain true to the spirit and concept of the character himself. And apparently in order to do that, it caused Richard Donner to balloon the budget mm. of the first movie. And the Salkines or Solkines or whatever their name is, they didn't like that. 
uh, as as the the producers of the film, they were very unhappy with the fact that uh, Donner kept pushing for more and more and more and more money to make his Superman movie, and that's because. Uh, in order to really bring this this one of a kind thing to the screen, Donner and the effects company that he was working with, they invented ways to film special effects. Wow! For Superman, specifically for like all the flying scenes, in order to give the audience a thing they've never fucking seen before, because he wanted the film to elicit this concept of just awe that was the tagline and, and i remember, said, I remember. you will believe yes, a man can that fly. was the exactly. tagline and it, it was it worked so these all kinds in the midst of production of what would essentially be superman 2 which uh donner was directing uh fired his ass nope. and they decided to bring in someone who was going to play ball with them uh and that was Richard, his name is also Richard. Richard Lester, right? Richard Lester, thank you. But this is such uh, a Kathleen Kennedy Star Wars move right here. And so it was, they decided, well, we want someone who's going to essentially do what we tell them to do. So they brought in Richard Lester to complete uh, Superman 2. And they also had him just refilm a crap load of it because that way he could uh, take credit as being the director of the movie. Problem was, was that a lot of the people who were on those first two movies joined the movies because of Donner. Right. Uh, Margot Kidder and he, uh, um, Gene Hackman. Well, thank you, Gene Hackman. Why did I lose his <laughs> name all, at a, suddenly? Hackman. Uh, Gene Hackman, Margot Kidder, uh, Jackie Cooper, just everybody wanted to be on the movie because Donner was going to be on it. And when they saw the way that the, the producers had treated him and they saw the very, you know, uh, big picture money aspect that they were going for in the way of making these films, a lot of them decided we don't ever want to be near this again. And so that is why when Superman three came around a few years later, you will see anyone who isn't Chris Reeve left yeah. the movie. Yeah. I don't want to dive too deep into Superman three and all the terrible things that went on with that because hint, hint, I want that to be an episode down the road. Yeah. Uh, because there are some fucking ridiculous stories about Superman 3. So instead, what I'll say is Superman 3 didn't perform so well. And then the Salkins decided they wanted to make Supergirl. And they initially what they wanted it to be was a Superman and Supergirl movie. But after Chris Reeve felt that he was really kind of pushed to the side in Superman 3 in favor of just making a Richard Pryor movie and saw how terribly it was received, he decided... No, I'm not going to do that. And so like two months before Supergirl went into production, he backed out. Uh, so they then had to try and make a Supergirl movie where they made no mention of Superman uh -huh. ever and tried to use a story that was based around her and Superman working together. Uh, just a story where she does her own thing. And it turned into a two plus hour movie wow. that people hated. That's another one we got to do. That's a it's unwatchable. It's a nine yes. percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It will. It will be another one that we touch on yeah. as well. Didn't know but, it um, existed, really. Yeah. So uh, we are now in. I'm going to say 1985, I believe, and uh, the Salkins are at Cannes Film Festival or Cannes Film Festival. Mm. If you're a dick about it, <laughs> and they wind up meeting the the two Israeli men who own Cannon Films. Ah, Cannon Films. And I don't really know the extent of how this conversation went this way, but by the end of these people meeting, 
uh, Canon is was going to and wound up buying the rights to the Superman franchise. I think the Salkins just wanted out. They were done. They're like, we don't want to. We, uh, it basically it was. Um, so this is now where we have to get into Canon films. Yes. <laughs> uh, Canon films, for anyone who doesn't know, is a staple of 80s schlock. A ton uh, of it, too. If you've ever heard of the movie Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone, that's a canon film. Yes, it is. Did you ever see any of the sequels to the movie Death Wish? Canon films. Anything that ever had Chuck Norris star in it was made by canon. Uh, Death. The Rambo. De- de- re- no, the Delta Rambo Force. Rip-off. Delta yeah. Force missing in action. Uh, Anthony, you love that moment uh, where Jean-Claude Van Damme punches that dude in the nuts in Bloodsport? Yeah. You got canon, canon films film. to thank for that moment. Breaking 2. They had, I, I, they, Breaking, I enjoy Bloodsport a lot. Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo. They made movies with ninjas. And, uh, and, and, yeah. and for everyone who has listened to at least one of the episodes of this podcast, yeah. they made the Masters of the Universe Mo film two, in yes. 1987. That's right. Ninjas, Breakdancing, and then Breakdancing Ninjas. This is the movies they were into. And here's a funny fact. Yeah. Masters of the Universe is part of the reason as to why Superman 4 is a dumpster fire. Oh, really? Yes. It is. So, uh, what it wound up being was that over the course of two years, 1985 and 1986, Canon Films produced 61 films. (laughs) Jesus Christ! They made so much shit. And they were at a loss of 90 million dollars because of it wow not very good at the movie business canon films had this whole entire business prospect in which what they would essentially do is they would mock up a fake poster for a movie they wanted to make and they would then essentially pitch it to foreign distribution companies and they would get the money from those distribution companies that said they wanted to distribute those movies uh globally they would then use the money from those distribution companies to fund production of the movies. So they would they were pushing fake movies as they exist, as if they were real. And yeah. then, and then would turn around. And then they would and use the money the that they they use the money that they got for selling a movie that doesn't exist to make the movie so it would that exist. Is some amazing fraud is that fraud? It's brilliant. Oh, it's fraud. It's amazing. Oh yeah. Um. So finally. Canon Films assumed that by buying the Superman franchise, or at least the rights to Superman, because they didn't own the first three movies, they just owned the right to make a Superman 4. They thought this was their first stepping stone into making big budget films that would finally make a profit and save the company. So when they went into production to make Superman 4, they were given... $36 $36 million oh, shit. by Warner Brothers in order to fund the project. The trouble is at this point, they were already feeling pressure from studios that were out in uh, England that they owed a shit ton of money to for filming uh, movies on, uh, including the uh, studio where they were filming Masters of the Universe that shut down production on them because they ran out of money. If you guys go back to our Masters of the Universe episode, you'll hear where we talk about the final battle that takes place oh, yeah. in, in a dark, dark room. Yeah, that's right. But they, they because snuck they in. filmed on the set yeah, yeah, they snuck when in. it was closed. <laughs> that is because that company 
banned them from coming onto the studio lot because <laughs> they owed them money. That's canon. So Canon then decided what they would do is they took $19 million from the $36 million budget of Superman 4 and used it to pay off debts that they owed wow. and to funnel into other projects like Masters of the Universe and a Spider-Man movie that they wanted to make. Oh, shit. This is my love-hate relationship with Canon. Was, was that the one James Cameron was going to no, do? No, this is before. This it was is, before that. This oh, was, was Tom the- Cruise and Albert Pune, who did the Captain America movie, I believe. Oh, Albert Pion, yeah. So the, the thing is, these people came up with that first idea to do a live-action Spider-Man movie. That was going to be their next movie after Superman 4. I remember I saw the poster. Yes, the poster is legendary. I love that poster. So they made the poster. like Of course. They, like, they, they made the, the movie. movie. And they, yeah, they pitched it with a fake poster saying yeah. they were going to make the movie. So here's the thing. That means of the $36 million they were given to make Superman 4, they now had $17 million in a budget. Hey, that's why the Masters of the Universe effects are just like a little bit better than, than this movie. So now we're going to we're going to take a step into the time machine and we're going to go back a little bit because we're also going to talk about how in the hell they convinced Christopher Reeve to be in this movie. Yes. The best uh, part of the movie. The best the part of the movie. Absolutely. Of and the there's only a reason guess. for it. Yeah. And the reason for that is because when they decided they were going to make this movie, they said the only way it's ever going to actually sell and people are going to see it is if Christopher Reeve returns as Superman. Has to. And he didn't want to do it after Superman three. He decided he was done with the franchise. He wanted to move on to other things. Cannon came to him and said, look, here's what we're going to do. We will make you a producer on the film. We will pay you $6 million. And we will, we will fund the passion project film that you've been trying to get off the ground for five years now called street smart. We'll explain what that is down the road. It doesn't really matter, though. It's actually a pretty good movie. Uh, just people really didn't care to see it because it never got uh, marketed by a canon. Um, and it role. was the first yeah. It was the first major role uh, that Morgan Freeman ever yeah, had. breakout role by Morgan. But anyway, Christopher Reeve liked everything that he was hearing, but the last thing that he said was, okay, but here's what I want to do. I want to have a co-writing credit, and I want this movie to tackle the nuclear arms race as a story plot. Good intentions. He had good uh, he intentions. Had, so in an interview, uh, Reeve had said that apparently in the years between Superman's three and four, he had actually done work on a documentary uh, that was, I believe it was called, where is it? I have it written somewhere. A message to our parents. Oh, the concept of this documentary was that it was, created by children who essentially were telling their parents their own fears and anxieties about growing up in the age of nuclear war. Ah. So Chris Reeve being one of the nicest fucking people who ever lived and probably the, one of the closest embodiments to Superman besides I'm going to say Brandon Routh. Yeah. Um, was touched by the idea of how terrible this concept is when it comes to seeing it through the eyes of children who are terrified. So he decided, I want this Superman movie to be about how Superman, the most powerful being in, in, in the known galaxy would tackle nuclear armaments. And they said, all right, cool. Yeah, sure. Why not? Go ahead. 
go crazy. So, uh, Reeve was the one who then brought in uh, the other two writers on the film. I don't have their names here immediately. Imran, if you do, please chime in. Uh, they are Lawrence Connor and Mark Rosenthal. Thank you. Uh, so that they could all hash out the script that they wanted to write. And apparently, they wrote a fucking long movie. <laughs> uh, I believe the initial cut of Superman 4 that was created was almost two and a half hours long. Wow. Jeez. Now, the problem is, is that while Christopher Reeve was brought in as a producer, apparently a lot of the shady shit that Cannon was doing with the money was shit they were doing behind his back, and he had no idea. He did not know that they had their budget slashed to $17 million until a month before principal photography started. Um... But because Christopher Reeve had signed on, that is a reason as to why Margot Kidder and Gene Hackman yeah. and uh, Jackie Cooper and the guy who plays uh, Jimmy Olsen, Jimmy Olsen yeah. uh, all came back because they said, we believe in Chris. We love Chris. He says this movie is going to work out. And also the producers we hated are fucking gone. So we don't need to, you know, protest being here anymore. So after the script was written, they came to a point where they were trying to figure out who they were going to have direct the film. Chris Reeves first choice was he wanted Ron Howard to direct it. And Cannon said, <laughs> in this economy, <laughs> we can't afford the Ron Howard. Don't be ridiculous. So they said, well, what about, um, I don't know. How about this Wes Craven guy? He, uh, he just made a, a slasher movie. People liked cause that, says they should have a Superman movie. Right. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine? Perfect that, guy. Can, do it. So that's there. They brought in Wes Craven and he sat down with Chris Reeve and apparently from like the first moment they started talking, the two of them did not it's get along not and did not like each other. So Chris finally was like, nope, not fucking working with him. So Craven was out. Um, and then at one point, Chris brought up the idea of like, maybe we could actually get Richard Donner to come back now that it's, it's you know, different producers. But Donner was number one in the middle of getting ready to make a uh, lethal weapon. And number two decided, nah, I don't, I don't care about doing a Superman movie ever again. So uh, nah, I'm good. So finally, we settled on. Um, fuck. Why do I keep losing names? Sidney Fury. Thank you. Wasn't Thank you for Reeve cleaning got, up my messes. Wasn't Reeve going to direct it too at one point? There was a point where Reeve thought about directing it, but he was like, look, producing, directing yeah, and starring yeah. in it. I can't handle all a that lot. at once. So he decided, no, 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 we'll get somebody else. So they brought in Fury, and um, he certainly directed it. <laughs> he told them uh, what to do. So the biggest issues that they ran into were the fact that they had dwindling mo- They had very little money to begin with, and they were losing money more and more as the production went on. At one point, a pair of screenwriters tried to sue Canon Film and Christopher Reeve, claiming they stole their movie idea oh, shit. For, sp- for Superman 4. <laughs> Uh, Canon Film actually won the court case, but the money they used to pay for their legal fees, they took out of the film budget. Of course they did. <laughs> they also um, they lost a, a suit. A stuntman got hurt and he sued them yes, and they lost they that. Then had, yeah, uh, they then had, during one of the stunts that they were performing, a stuntman broke both of his arms and sued the, uh, the production company. That's where that money came out of. Uh, and they didn't go to court. Uh, it was a, a um, uh, settlement of nearly, I think it was a settlement of a little under half a million dollars. Yeah, like, that's what I read. That came out of the film budget. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it was like 250 
so once they finally got done uh, filming the movie, uh, they then uh, had to rush to get themselves into post-production. But Canon had promised in advertisements that the movie was going to be coming out in the summer of 1987. They fa- they wrapped filming in the spring of 1987. Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, the problem was that when they first started making the movie, Canon promised Chris Reeves that he would have six months of post-production to work on all of the visual effects in the movie. Because if you think about it, this is probably the most complex shit they tried to pull off in a Superman movie up until this point. Absolutely. You're going to need time and money to put this together. They gave him a month. Oh, Oh, shit. (laughs) So that's why we have all the recycled flying scenes. Yeah. That's why we have instances where suddenly everyone has telekinesis because they couldn't afford and didn't have the time to create scenes where Superman runs around rebuilding the, the Great Wall of China. Yeah. Um, and they rush out a edit of the, an edit of the movie for a test audience. This is the edit that was like a, a bit over two hours at this point. Oh, wow. There is, so is, there is a cut. There, there was a cut that was, that was a lot longer. I've heard, I heard that cut is not butter. Um, a lot of that cut can't be found anymore. Yeah. There's some scenes that you can find. There's this one on, on YouTube that I'll, I'll comment on in a moment. Um, but no, it was not better. The test audiences fucking hated it. And Warner Brothers fucking hated it. And they told Canon, you got to start making edits because this movie is in is incomprehensible. <laughs> So while so it's worse than the movie that we saw. Oh boy, it's I, I. That's the thing. I can't even fully say yes or no. Right. But what Canon then got in their head was, well, if we start cutting things out of the movie, we could take this movie and we could trim it down enough that we could get it playing in theaters more per day. Sure. And that means we'll make more money. Cha-ching. So they took a two, an over two hour movie and they cut it down to under ninety minutes. The fuck? They cut forty five minutes. And this is why you have instances where plot lines disappear. Like the the whole plot line with selling the the Kent farm. Yeah, was supposed to get tied up at the end in which he would sell it to Lacey War uh, Warfield because she would decide that working in the newspaper business was not for her. She didn't like the the sensationalism of it anymore and decided to go live on a farm in Smallville. There's another cut scene right from the beginning in the classroom with Jeremy when he says we should write Superman. I believe Superman shows it was up after he gets the letter to that same Super, classroom after after Superman gets the letter from Jeremy saying, oh, you know, we I want you to get rid of nuclear weapons. He flies to Jeremy's classroom yeah. where they're all in the same clothing because yeah. it was filmed the same day. Yeah. Uh, and basically tells him, well, I can't do that. That's not what Superman does. This is does. where the headline comes from. Which, which is, is why he explained. then has the whole, I wish Superman had said yes. Yeah. And that's where the Superman tells kid to drop dead bit came from. Uh, oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. yeah there's an entire scene uh, which built off of um, Lacey telling Clark that they should start covering the nightlife of Metropolis. In which they would have gone to a, a nightclub on a date. Yeah. Um. Under the guise of it being work. Here's the other thing. In the original cut, there were two nuclear men. Oh, shit. What? Whoa. Yes, this is great. 
There was an entire storyline they cut out of the film in which Lex makes a his first version of Nuclear Man, which is basically instead of the whole thing of throwing him into the sun, it's they they kind of do like the easy bake oven thing and they basically make like a pod person. Uh and this pod person becomes what is essentially like a um a weird eighties Tim Burton esque Bizarro. It, yeah, it says their take character. on Bizarro Superman and this guy looks ridiculous. He has a black wig. And it's, well it's it's this how weird... do you see all these pictures? So I'll put a link in the show notes. This scene is on YouTube. Superman versus Nuclear Man One. I'll have a link in the show notes. You go it's a seven minute scene. So and what it basically boils down to is I'll I'll, I'll cover it very quickly is uh Nuclear Man One goes to attack uh the nightclub that I believe it's supposed to be the nightclub that uh, uh, Clark and Lacey are in. And so he goes out as Superman and he fights this first nuclear man in the parking lot where they're like trying to crush each other with cars and hit each other with light poles. But it's all very campy it's and so very bad. slapstick oh comedy in the way it's presented. This guy is a schlub. He's not like muscular like Mark Pillow. He's the schlubby he's, looking he's guy. He's wearing this big bulky coat to hide yes. the fact that he doesn't have a physique. <laughs> It looks like a Three Stooges uh, short. Yes, this whole scene. And then in the end of the seven minute scene, Superman kills this nuclear man and that's it. So they decided to get rid of that whole entire concept and just have the one nuclear man. <laughs> Probably a good idea. What Probably was the, better. <laughs> I don't know if you have an, the answer to this, but what was the thought process behind having Gene Hackman voice nuclear man? Uh, it was essentially that they didn't think Mark Pillow, the Chippendales dancer, was a good enough actor. Uh. And so they dubbed his lines over because they felt, oh, well, that could also fit into the story. But Mark Pillow, uh, years later, went on record in an interview saying, well, the reason that my the reason that my delivery is so stilted is because they were doing it on set. They had they had Gene Hackman reading what? the lines. That's how they recorded. And they it? had Mark oh Pillow fucking God. mouthing them along the with foot? them. Wow, that is really low budget. Also, Mark Pillow has not been in anything else. Also, originally they were going to have Christopher Reeve play Nuclear Man. Well, now that was that's as far as we know. That is a rumor that has gone ah. around. No one has ever confirmed ah, that was that's the plan. What I read, but it was too similar to Superman Three. Yeah, they, yeah. they said because they already did that in Superman and it Three. Cost too much money. It's just it's just retreading old territory, yeah. despite the fact of how much of this movie is them retreading old territory. Like, why wouldn't they have Reeve dub over Nuclear they, Man? They just should have had him not talk. Yes. Why are you even talking Nuclear? Oh, Man? I agree with that. Here's the other funny thing. Apparently. In some of the European home video releases, yeah, there's a scene in which during the whole like chasing nuclear man around uh, the 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 world, he lands in Smallville and starts a tornado. Okay, and Superman has to stop this tornado. Whoa, that is just not in the movie at all. Now that's like Man of Steel but exists in some versions of the movie. That is weird. So yeah, and it's 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 all like random shit like that. Now apparently, around the same time, DC did in fact make a comic book adaptation of the movie uh-huh. that puts a lot of the missing plot lines and story connections back into the story. So it actually is coherent. Wow! Oh, I want to try and wow. check that out. Maybe. Yeah, I, I uh, that was the thing is I found out that apparently there are comic uh, adaptations of three and four and. Four, it's like, oh, yeah, it adds a whole lot more in. And three, it's like, oh, it takes a lot out because there's a whole lot of alcohol use in that movie. And huh. they're not allowed to have that in comics in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, so the 
premiere of Superman 4 was held in uh, London, and the royal family attended. Ooh. Whoa. And so did so did Mark <laughs> so did Mark Pillow in his nuclear man costume. Yes, he did. What? <laughs> there is a there is a picture of Mark Pillow dressed as nuclear man having a conversation with Princess Diana. I've seen that photo. It's bizarre. While everyone else is in suit and tie, he decided he's the only one in costume. I'm gonna come in costume. Why not? Well, no, and that's the thing is what I had to wonder is I wonder if the fucking production company told him to do it. <laughs> they probably did. It was, it was like, oh, you know, it's gonna be such a fun little. Like stunt to have you know nuclear man is at the movie, but it's like yeah, but Christopher Reeves over here in a fucking tuxedo. He looks ridiculous. The movie comes out, it doesn't do well. Uh, it's open. It is beaten on its opening weekend in the box office by RoboCop, which is now in its second week of being in the theater, as well as a re-release of Disney's Snow White. Wow, that was like the 50th anniversary of this Snow White. can't hold a candle to RoboCop. No, RoboCop is oh, way better. No, yes. not at all. Oh, this, you, this moment, RoboCop? We're, this is, that's blasphemous to even <laughs> yeah, compare these fucking Oh, yeah. yeah. It's oh, competing yeah. against RoboCop. I, I, you, you'd have to have Superman just shoot at least 10 people in the dicks <laughs> yes. to even start getting near it. We'd need more blood, yes. Yeah. Um, but so the, the fun aspect of that is uh, a little over a year after this movie comes out, uh, Canon Films is investigated for fraud. Oh shit! Oh shit! They have to. They decide to sell their film catalog to Warner Brothers, and eventually the company is bought out before the end of the eighties. It's done. Thank God they didn't make that Spider-Man movie. Although would have been great to see one, but I'm glad that it never happened. What if that was the one that put them on the map? That could have been the one that made him the money. It absolutely (laughs) could have been. Tom Cruise as Peter Parker? Come on, I would have killed. Oh, shit. I mean, Nimron, you would have loved it regardless. I would would have fucking loved it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's that's about what I have. It was... it was a whole lot of shady bullshit yeah. from the company that decided to make it that ultimately made it that the movie never stood a chance from the word go. Or Christopher Reeve, I feel so bad for him because he comes in with good intentions. You know, he wants to revive this franchise. And at the end, he admits like this is a fucking train wreck. I just think that the fact that he got the whole gang back yeah. together yeah, because of him and uh, <laughs> just in the shittiest movie I'm, possible. I, I have so... I have my, a quick review on it. Yeah. Quick couple sentences. Yeah. So as I mentioned pr- prior to this, I went into this movie thinking I'm going to watch the worst movie of all time. Yeah. So yes, it can only go up from there. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I have to fully acknowledge it'd be facetious to not. This is a really fucking bad movie. Well, of course it, it's, it's, I mean, I, like all jokes aside, it's, it's fucking terrible. Yeah. It's a terrible movie. Yeah. It's, it's poorly made. It's poor. It's poorly. It's a lot of poor acting. There's poor dialogue. It's poorly, poorly edited. It's cheesy. There's nothing good about this movie. It's, it, it's really fucking boring at times. Yeah. Um, but that being said, Christopher Reeve is real, still really good in it. Yeah. And it is one of those movies. And I hate being saying this about a movie, but it is one of those movies where it's so bad that it's good. I was going to say, this is a fu- <laughs> kind of a fun watch. Yeah. With all that oh, said. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's, it's so bad that it's, 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 there's some redeemability in it. I mean, my score, I would give it a very, very low score if we do end up doing that. Yeah. But as far as like watching it, there's yeah. some times where you're like, so bad is good. I, it, I like it. Is. It's, it is. It's, well, the movie, the movie was nowhere near as bad as I feared from everything that I had heard. Okay. I mean, I, in, in all honesty, I would say, it, um, it's disjointed. Yeah. It's very cheap. It's 
fairly nonsensical. Yeah. And it's utterly ridiculous. Yeah. But I didn't walk away from the movie feeling like I can't fucking believe I had to sit through this. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, um, yeah, that was pretty fucking stupid. Yeah, you're just you're, well, you're like, I can't believe I'm watching this. This is- you got you you have the magic, right? It's, you got the magic of Reeves, Margot Kidder, and, and and Reeves, and you got you know all of that stuff like that's still there. If it, it, and it feel like the music, the soundtrack's still there, like all that's there. So it's like. It makes you feel like a better movie than it is. You know, it's, yeah. it's funny. Kidder and Reeve never really got along. They had a very contentious relationship. The whole Richard Donner thing rubbed her the wrong way. But uh, they always had kind of a rocky friendship. When you're a kid and you watch this movie and you and you know it sucks. Yeah. But you still like it's still a Superman movie. And even though it's like the worst one, it's still like I like. I remember it had it not been for Superman three, yeah, which I hated because I'm like there was nobody back from the original cast. Uh, Superman like, sidelined kind of the whole time. Yeah, he's not really in the movie yeah, a lot, yeah. and it's like kind of like a bad evil Superman. He's not even a real bad guy. Right. This was better to me than Superman three. Wow, and that's that oh, is why God. that's why when I what I was telling you guys was that once I got diving into everything my thought was ah oh, man we should have done superman 3 because i th- i feel like this movie is it is a misfire because it was never given a chance yeah superman the legs cut out from yeah, underneath the, yeah yeah from the get go Sup- superman 3 was a movie that had every opportunity to be a a worthwhile follow up and it just fucking squandered it yeah well Imran likes it well, that's only because I was a kid. That's like when a Marvel movie's <laughs> bad. The you know what I mean? Yeah, they have, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. they have everything at their disposal, and they still can't make a good movie. Oh, the the thing that I didn't touch on, Imran. Yeah. So the, the town that they filmed yes, most of this I, well, movie I, Let's in, talk about the town, because some of this uh, is hilarious. Is is named Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes, UK. In the English countryside. Uh, and one of my favorite things about this is, so the movie was filmed in mostly just two spots. Uh, locations uh, in Milton Keynes or filmed at Elstree Studios in England, uh, which is where they did a whole lot of their their soundstage stuff. But my favorite little bit is that there is one, like, building complex in Milton Keynes that specifically played, I think, like, six locations in this movie. All those buildings you see are in the same fucking, like, open courtyard area. My favorite is I love how they just thought like just put random fire hydrants out and it'll look like New York. There's so, random fire hydrants just in the middle of the road everywhere, in the middle of the sidewalk. Oh yeah. So the Avebury Boulevard building in Milton Keynes yeah. is a a complex that stood in for the Daily Planet. Yep. The Metropolis Museum. Yep. The Metropolis Hyatt Hotel. Yeah, it's the same place. And the gym <laughs> that they went on their date in are all in the same fucking building. So check this out, what I found. I will put this link in the show notes. Apparently, the people of Milton Keys, they fucking love this movie. Oh, this was all those extras you see. These were all British people who are suddenly standing there with Christopher Reeve Superman just in awe. So th- in the 30th, 30-year uh, anniversary in 2016, the people from Milton Keys recreated all the shots 
from the movie and and there's a video where they you could see both you see the movie and you see them recreating the movie in the same buildings 30 years later i don't know why somebody had a lot of time on their hands to do this but it's one of those things of the moment that you find out like oh man like if if they told me like dude did you know that they filmed like the fucking spider-man movie in your hometown yes. i'd be like oh shit really it's all built in keys that's why there's no fucking tall buildings they they could have added matte paintings i don't even think they had money to do that, that was shit. the plan the plan was that they were going to throw a bunch of matte paintings in there to make the, the one-story buildings look like skyscrapers, and then they didn't because yeah. they didn't have the money. They didn't have the time. And it's like a town in the middle of a farm, and just suddenly all the buildings are gone. Uh, yeah, Milton Keynes is hilarious. The other two little bits I found I want to mention, Nuclear Man actually shows up in the comics in 2018. Brian Michael Bendis and Ivan Rice bring him to Prime Earth, debuting in yeah, Su- Superman Volume 5. In- of course, fucking Bendis it's Bendis would. did it, yeah. So Nuclear Man was actually introduced in DC canon. And then finally, Delahower, you mentioned this before we were recording, but we got to mention there's an amazing documentary about canon groups called Electric Boogaloo, the wild untold story of canon films from 2014. It's on Amazon Highly recommend you watch Definitely that. Definitely check that it out. It explains oh, yeah. a lot of this. Mansplains? It mansplains a I lot sure of this. Hope. But on There's one, a lot of men in On it one hand, I feel this. like if it wasn't for Canon Group trying to make a Spider-Man movie, we never would have got a live-action Spider-Man movie. Maybe. It, I feel like I kind of start the idea started there. They were first to that idea. Really? Uh, it probably would have go anyways. on record and say <laughs> no, I th- I'm wrong. think you're wrong. Yeah, really? I'm sure it would have happened anyways. But I, I love that Imran can find the silver lining in this, everything. This is the canon group. Is a, it's like a love-hate relationship. credit something. Because they've <laughs> made some of the best, worst movies that you're ever going to watch. And just the way they operated. It's fucking fascinating. But uh, all right. Good stuff, Dalhauer. Anything else? Any other final notes? I think we covered it all. I'm going to no, give that's... it a rating. Give oh, it a okay. rating. It's a two out of ten. Oh, shit. If, if I'm going to be very honest. I'm going to give it a three. I think I'll give it a three, two. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm going to go with Anthony and, and give it a two. <laughs> two? All right. The, the only reason I didn't give it the lowest score, which would be one, <laughs> is because Christopher Reeve and just the, the watchability of it. Well, yes. I think uh, my two was Christopher Reeve is, is always fun to watch. He's great. And um, I really, really loved all the moments where Mark Pillow was just going, Bring me the girl. Uh, so I don't think Superman three can be worse than this movie. It did have that crazy robot lady that he fought with the wires that was made well, in the computer. We'll, uh, we'll find out How one day soon. Superman I mean, three Ron's already defending it because I know he's been on record as saying Superman three is awesome. What are you talking it's about? Not a good movie, but I love it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's not good, but it introduced me to Richard Pryor at well, a very that- young age. I was going to say, that's that's fine. I'm still an apologist for the Super Mario Brothers movie forever. Oh, God. Oh God. It's fucking trash, but I love that movie They're to trying death. to make a new one. I hope... Uh, that I don't was know. a strange fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, that one made no sense. I don't think I've seen the whole one, all that one either. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one all the way through. Anyways, Del that's, Howard. That's, that's one where you got to go digging <laughs> to find that fucking movie now. Thank you for your services. Again, listener, if you go to whatthefuckhappened.com uh, slash whatthefuckhappened, you will find all the whatthefuckhappens, but Del Howard, tell them where they can find you online. Fantastic. Um, well, funny enough, listener, for the longest time, almost five years now, I've been directing you to my personal Twitter page. Uh, but here is the thing. Um, I am actually, uh, now that I'm, I'm branching out more into uh, voiceover and voice acting, I have kind of converted that over into being my voiceover voice acting ah, Twitter page, smart. 
which now has a stage name. So Ooh. if you're following Matt Decker VA, yeah. thanks for the follow. If you want to be following me and dealing with anything that has to deal with podcasting, such as Jock and Nerd or my podcast, or if I ever show up on Voice the, from the Underground again, I would suggest you check out, um, I believe I have actually changed the name on it now, but I, uh, at Ginger Geek Cast on Twitter. Right on. Uh, which is where I'm going to be doing all of my uh, podcasting stuff that I still use my actual name for because I've been using my real name on here for five years. I'm not going to ask everyone to start calling me by a fake fucking name. Wait, why is that necessary for your voiceover career? So for VO, it's it's kind of a business decision. Uh, hmm. Number one, it's because when I meet people who I've never met before, uh-huh. Delhauer is a difficult name to either pronounce when you haven't heard it or before spell. or spell yeah. when you're trying to spell it out. Yeah. So I figured uh, use a name that's a little a uh, little easier. Uh, I feel like Decker has a little nice uh, nice just kind of roll to it. Get me Decker. It, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> and away away from that, it also gives me the ability to just kind of separate, you know, uh, work from from personal life. Boss, we're missing a VO spot. Get me Decker. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you can have a whole TV show. Oh, absolutely. Decker VO coming to <laughs> HBO Max now plus. Uh, nothing but titties. <laughs> nothing but titties. These, I like that. These titties need voices. <laughs> Get me Decker. <laughs> Uh, all right, Matt Decker, I like it. Rugs, where can the listener find you online? You can find me on Twitter where I use my real name, Rugberto Bambino. Ah, the Bambino. Uh, at really rug boy. <laughs> uh, listener, you can find the show notes for this episode at our website, jockandnerd.com slash 347. It'll have all the links to tell how are all the other what the fuck happens, everything we talked about. Yada, yada. You know the deal. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. The fuck? I fucking loved it. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Get the fuck out. Jock and Nerd. Betrayed. 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 Then we go to the next scene.